Dungeoneers, and welcome to episode 152 of RPG Digest. In segment one, we read through a tabletop RPG to introduce it to you, and oftentimes to ourselves as well. In segment two, we provide higher level overviews and fundamentals, and even the occasional how-to of systems, settings, and game mechanics. I am John Maxley Oslo, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me as usual, I'm not going to give him anything fancy today. Just Brett Heath oh. and Dog Grissomer. Just gonna be a boring. It's just gonna be a boring, boring no. intro. That's all you get. I'm make a, your I'm own. Make your own intro if you want something better. I'm a rootin' tootin' some bit from Texas today. That's right. Yes, you are. <laughs> Straight from Lone Star. Yeah, and I'm you know, gonna tell you right now. Is this is gonna be a spoiler for everyone uh-oh. coming in early? Uh oh. Out of the out of the three West books, Spirit West, New West, and Lone Star, Lone Star is by far a better book. I was told I might like this one because apparently there are a lot of mutants in it. There, oh, there's a lot of mutant animals. You'll love it. Sweet. Screw Coriolis. Let's just like jump in with Lone Star. <laughs> uh, Spirit West had better OCCs, right? Uh, New West had what it had, and then there's and then there's uh, Lone Star, which overall has uh, better better story options than Spirit West and New West. Uh, better background than spirit west and new west it do- doesn't have better occs and rccs in my opinion but overall as a book giving you shit to actually play the game with it gives you more nice. and it makes sense so cool. I, I, it's a favorite of, my, of those books definitely look forward to that coming up. and isn't lone star like either coalition sympathetic or part of the coalition or something oh no it's it's ba- it's it's basically chicago two <laughs> chicago two okay wait 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 yeah. If you compare that to the real world, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> uh, it's it's both. <laughs> okay. So how was your week? What'd you do? What I do this week? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, uh, today was a was a rest week. Uh, my son starts school in a week, so uh, we got him clothes and we made sure the supplies were you know done, the pencils, papers, all that good stuff, and uh, got all that straightened out. Um, next week he's got his pictures and ID and class list and all that stuff. And then off to the races. And then I go on vacation again. And this I didn't great. have ID until I was in senior high. Jeez. Well, you know, no, did I have, a, yeah, I had ID in junior high. Yeah, I didn't. I did. I did. So yeah, he's in junior high, so he gets ID. We had like 700 and some people in my junior high, but I tell you what, that vice principal, Mr. Studer, he knew everybody. He knew <laughs> he <Yeah>. Everybody. <laughs> Knew me. He, he had a, he had a punishment for us. I got into a fight one time, and the punishment was punch a uh, punch a uh, 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 what's a big bag called? The the not the little heavy bag. Yeah, the heavy bag. Punch that thing for three minutes straight, and I swear to God, if you slowed down, he added time to you. And I'm like, I was a little scrawny kid with my you know my wrist and my bicep for the same side. And I'm like, <laughs> I tried to punch that thing. He's like, keep going. The other dude's like, I'm like. Yeah. yeah it is what it is you know what it was an effective punishment i i thought of other ways to stay out of fights <laughs> after that one uh, yeah my uh, week coco, uh, coco says uh do kids buy pencils and crayons uh and those little dice bags that hold pencils and erasers and stuff actually uh he's got a pouch we we um early on like years ago we had a choice to get a pencil box or a pencil pouch I decided for the pouch because the all the pencil boxes were cheap, thin plastic, and they'd break in a book bag. Yep. So we got the pouch, and he still got it. I mean that 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 thing's like a freaking bank pouch. I mean it's it's basically indestructible. It's crazy. 
So he's been using that for a while now. It's been good. So, yeah, for for me here, let's see. This week I had a week off of work, but I seriously feel like <laughs> I worked harder. Uh, I mean, everything was Legion Myth oriented. I was on everybody's live stream. Okay, I wasn't everybody's. There's still some people like, man, you should have been on mine. You should have been on mine. And I appreciate that. I really do. I, I think that's awesome that people look forward to having you or me on a uh, live stream. But see, I was on um, the basic experts on Monday. I'm not going to give Victor any credit for that one. Uh, I was on Mr. Max's live stream on on Tuesday. Uh, did Gatekeepers on, on Wednesday. And then was on with Gaming with ADHD on Friday, talking with uh, Blainley Pardo. And uh, if you might... You might recognize the name from some of the Battletech stuff that we talked about in the past, and Brent Evans, who uh, are writing a game slash novel series called Land and Sea, and uh, it was it was it was fun time. Man. Some of these older guys, like Kevin or Blaine, they are no nonsense, and I love it. I I, I love that old school mentality. Gaming with ADHD is like, I know how you feel about Catalyst, but one of the guys here works for Catalyst still, so I prefer that you that you don't call it what you like to call it. Like, okay, that's fair. It's your stream. You know, your rules. Yeah. I have no with that. Yeah. Freaking Blaine comes on. He's just talking shit about him. See, I don't care what he thinks about me. I mean, to be fair, they fired Come on, him. man. You're you're in someone else's house. Wipe your feet, dude. Don't, don't, don't. No, 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 no. Uh, Blaine wasn't given that rule. I was given the rule. Oh, you were yeah. given the rule and he wasn't. And then yeah. the host was like, I made an error. <laughs> well, to, to, to be fair, uh, Blaine, we covered it. Blaine was fired by Catalyst for that nonsense. Remember the person who basically was making false accusations against him? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was just, I just, I like that attitude, but I learned a lot about uh, land and sea. They let me be open about the parts that I didn't like, which to be fair is very little when you consider the type of book that it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and all told, they got more books coming out. I look forward to, it, forward to it. And if there's one thing that I think is good for us is it is a novel series. It can be a tabletop game like Battletech, but it's also going to be a role-playing game. And, and one of the core institutions of the game is all that has to fit together. If you know anything about Battletech, one of the problems with it is you have the board game, and you have the role-playing game, and it's hard to balance it, you know, mm -hmm. sync the two up because either the right. role-playing game just turns into overglorified Battletech or you're just playing Battletech. You know, you may as well play Traveler or something else. And one of the core concepts is to integrate all that. So uh, de definitely looking forward to that. And, you know, maybe we'll get that's something we can cover next year. I don't know when it's going to be done, but like next year or something when, uh, when it comes out because I'd really like to see if they succeeded at that. So. But uh, yeah, the, so that was a good time. All, all those shows I was on a good time. Thanks to Jade for letting me come back and, you know, uh, make some problems with gatekeepers <laughs> and uh, so forth. Um, got no writing done. Like this whole week was for me to just copy. Basically, it's all it was copy and paste from Excel because I put all my skill list in Excel and then bring them over into my document. Guess what I didn't do? Any of that. Any of that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, so I talked to Heathen Dog. I updated some of Heathen Dog's uh, playlists. I'm going to do some more. I've got really got to work on the playlist for our YouTube stuff, especially now that we've got more free league out there and we've got more riffs. I think I might want to separate the riff stuff into riffs core, riffs world book, or, or maybe riffs core, riffs source books or something. I don't know. But uh, having 70 some videos in one playlist is a bit daunting for people. So, you know, okay. I don't know. We'll, hang on, we'll hang on. Be before you do that, uh, before the stream when we were talking there was a there's a list of of stuff that uh suggestions that you got mm -hmm. throughout the week for for us to to make our show better some yeah. of them were dumb so, and some of them can't be done 
but one of them I'm going to do today. That's, that's the last one, the whole adventure ideas segment. Okay. I'm going to get into more what you people apparently love this word specificity. I'm going to give examples. Now I didn't do this before because I didn't want to hinder anyone's imagination. If I give an example, then the normal person's going to just lock on that. And if they don't use that exactly, they're going to use something similar when there's a whole lot more in there that can come at it from 90 degrees, you know, come, come at it from completely different angle. <laughs> but today I'm going to give it and see if you like it. If you don't like and, it. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, honestly, if you say it like that, Hey, this is just an example of what you can do or two examples. Well, I mean, again, I don't know how you're going to well, do that, but uh, you know, uh, absolutely. That's one of the things that we're starting to do more and more in like the, the rando stream is like, I've had people on this week who had completely different gaming styles and we talked about how to incorporate monsters. We had one guy who loved a really gonzo stuff. We had another guy who wanted almost perfect reality and somebody, uh, what it would, and Victor's a more modernish type player. So he doesn't mind some of the clown shoes with the tropes mixed in where, you know, me, I, I want purest tropes. So, it, you know, how to integrate monsters and encounters into the game. We gave different examples of that. And I think that was cool. beneficial. So, so I, I, I get what people are saying in that. And I'm going to try to work on that as well. Uh, oh, talking about the Friday stream. Poor Sharers. Sharers would have won a 50. I'm saying this because Sharers is a yeah. real life friend. Uh, yeah. He would have won a $50 gift card. He'd been watching that stream. And poor Malachi, who took second place, was watching. And he got, I don't know, clubbed in the head or something by Sharers and ended up ended up taking second place. So the gift card for the Friday stream now is rolled over to $75. Now, wait, is it 325s or 175? Well, it depends on what the site is. There's the whole I don't want to do multiple gift cards if I can help it. That's why that's why I say 20 or 25, because some sites don't have $25 gift cards, and I'm not doing a 20 and a five. Um but uh, in this case, it'll be seventy-five. I mean, it's 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 one seventy-five dollar. Well, hundred dollars is going to be the max at that point. Then we'll start rolling over into a second gift card. Okay, that is what that okay. is what the that's what the viewers asked for in yeah. spades. Like like so yeah, that's what they, it's going to be. They want the big win, you know that they they don't they, they don't care. I mean, it's not like lottery odds, right? I mean, they they got a good chance of winning big. And seventy-five bucks in. Uh, in a in a gaming store will get you one main book or two supplemental books that are AAA. yeah nowadays yeah nowadays yeah but if if you want to go old school you want to go 80s 90s books you can get four books for that that's not maybe five that's not hard right so you know. but but you have to watch and it only and it only unlocks if uh, we get a hundred dollars in super chats so that that makes sure that I can afford the taxes and the thirty percent right, right. take that you know YouTube does. Yeah, and- seventy five bucks is not just seventy five bucks. You got to pay more on that, and all the money that comes in is only seventy percent of that money. YouTube takes thirty, and then taxes take another twenty. So, you know, well, I mean, it did, to be fair, it did roll over. So right now we've earned sure. a total of two hundred dollars. When when the three hundred dollar mark is hit, then it'll be a seventy five dollar gift card. But yeah. Anywho, that, that's how they, that was working. And I, I was like, I was rooting for Malachi because I knew he was watching. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I'm going to be able to give one away, $50. And then Sharers beat him. Like, Sharers, are you there? Nope, Sharers was not there. Um, anywho, let's see. Uh, oh, this Friday is the members only live stream. And Heathen Dog has missed the last. I need you two. to actually tell me the day before no. the day of. <laughs> no, it's on Discord. I, oh, I yeah. announce it on Discord. <laughs> Everybody else knew. Everybody else knew. Okay. Just look at Discord once a day. That's it. 
<laughs> I, I'll have a, uh, I'll try to make the thing for this week, uh, that this week. But yeah, so members only at 6 p.m. this week, and then the rando stream maybe after that. We'll see if there's a topic. If there's a topic that comes up this week, we'll have a rando stream. If there isn't really a topic that comes up this week, then it'll just be the members only stream. I think I've only successfully not had a <laughs> an after stream once. once. Yeah. yeah. So, um, now I was going to say this during the Coriolis thing, but I'm going to say it now so that I can just start jumping into the Coriolis stuff. Okay. Based on suggestions, Coriolis may cover a couple more weeks than originally intended. I, I have this built in, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Uh, there, there's a lot of interest in these Coriolis videos, a lot more than I thought. Like, People are like, what are you doing, Coriolis? Oh my God, I've been I've been looking to play there. I've been looking into that, or I just got it and I want to know more about it. So uh I may also per suggestions that I got, I'm going to I'm probably gonna slow down even a little bit more. And if that means I have to cut the combat section into three videos, then I'll cut it into three videos. But that's not this week anyway. That'll be next week, I think, or the week after. But we're gonna spend more time in each of the sections and say I was with the Mutineer Zero stuff because there did not seem to be much interest at all in the Mutineer Zero. Now, with that said, I already have, and I didn't even know this, I have not watched it. <laughs> did you know that I made a character creation video for Coriolis? Yeah. Did, yeah. I didn't. I did not remember that at all. And I was looking oh, through wow. our Coriolis list and I'm like, I have a character creation video? Okay, I remember this one where I talked about factions at one point back on the old Legion with Weekly live stream. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing the combat one. But I have a I have an hour and a half long character creation one. I'm like, ooh, that's pretty long. So I, I wonder what that's what's all entailed with that one. So I, I'm sorry if I double up because character creation is today, and I did not watch that one to see what I can skip. So we're not skipping anything. We're we're going through the entire thing. But there is an hour and a half long step-by-step -step character creation process, and it was done on a live stream. So apparently I did everything in front of you guys. So I don't remember that. I'm glad you <laughs> I don't remember that at I all. Did. Was it a good character creation video? It was it was it was complete. I mean, uh, with 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 your characters, the what you make, it's for me. It's like 50 50. I like them. I don't. You know, that's just the way it is. That, that's just me. I mean, they're not bad. They're not bad characters. Right. At all. They're completely playable. And if I played them, I wouldn't be sad about the game. It's just, you know, some some of the stuff you choose, I wouldn't have chosen. But that's well, a that's a dumb complaint because it doesn't matter. Well, the, the other the, the thing information's is good. That's, that's I, what's important. I don't like to do what everybody's going to make for, for for a video. That is, I right. don't like today when I ask what character you want to do, I'm not going to let you pick soldier or pilot because that's what everybody wants to make in the game. I want you to pick something interesting. Okay. Why are we talking politics on this stream? No, wait, wait for it. Wait for it. You got to read the whole thing. I did. Yeah. He's not, he's not talking politics. That That is a normal question to ask someone. If they're having mental issues, who is the current president of the United States? Isn't it Nixon? You're fine. Robot Nixon? Oh, yeah. Robot Nixon. <laughs> right. uh, so uh, somebody said, are you biased again? No. Um, can you put that on the screen? Coriolis. I, I, uh, I'm guessing Coriolis. Not, not at all. I am not biased. In fact, this what I tell everybody is if given the choice of playing Coriolis or Alien... I, well, I pick Alien for cinematic mode just because that's freaking awesome. But I would pick Coriolis. The only thing I do in Coriolis is I take out the Arab stuff because I can't do it well. It's not that I don't like it. I just can't do it well. So, um, anywho, so uh, I forgot what I said. Oh, but I, I did a character creation video. Um, and yeah, so 
today bear with me as we get through this i know heathen dog wants to get to his segment and i don't want to shortchange his time so i think uh unless you have anything i think we're ready to uh start jumping into this uh one more thing anyone here watching in southern california i'm sorry you're gonna get a lot of rain a lot of wind it's probably not gonna be super bad but you might hit you might get a category one and that sucks uh, watch out for flooding, man, because that's going to come up quick. The 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 last time a hurricane hit California was like 1923 or 1939, something like that. So it's been almost 100 years and you don't know how to do it. So look, look it up. Well, while YouTube is still up, look up preparation stuff from someone in Florida who knows what they're talking about <laughs> and do that. All right. That's it. OK. Uh, well, I have to do one thing first. You know that. Thank everybody. Put up my little thank you slide. There we go. I want to thank all you wonderful people who do support us monetarily. Your gracious donations help provide giveaways, produce more content, and generally give it back to Legion Myth community as a whole. We have over 4,500 YouTube subscribers now, and we're thankful for each and every one of you. I had to think about that for a moment. Where were, where were we on that? We gained a bunch of subscribers just last week, so that was good. Yeah, we're 4529. Is that what we are? 4529? Yep. Okay, look at that. So uh, check the description below for the link to various Legion Miss sites, social media, Discord, merch, etc. Thank you very much for you folks. You find wonderful people who like to chip into Legion of Death. And with that, let me get set up for there. Look at that. Look, I'm, I'm now using the new graphics. What do you think about that? Yeah, look at that. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't wait to 2024. You're like, damn, that's too good. I, I can't have Heathen Dog having all the good stuff. That's exactly what it was, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I like, because I mean, here, look, there's your Lone Star one. That looks awesome. Yep. Now, does. to be fair, the blue is completely coincidental. It just so happens that blue worked with the Coriolis book, and the blue is what I use for riffs across the board. Okay. But uh, So they're not always going to be blue, but yeah. Hang on. Don't start it yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, for segment one today... We're going to kick off a new series where we talk about Coriolis the Third Horizon. This is a game that I have never read through beginning to end. That might surprise you. I have never, even to this day, even starting the series, I have not read this book from beginning to end. So this series can be kind of, you know, it's going to cure that, I guess. But uh, I have read various parts of it. I have done test runs of the game. I have done some mock combats of the game in the past. Hell, I have a combat video for this game. I also have a character creation video for this game. So you can check it. I have a faction video for this game. <laughs> so you can check those out if you want. Maybe I'll put those in the description below. But we are now going to start. And we're going to start. And we're going to go from beginning to end. And we are going to talk about Coriolis the Third Horizon today. Starting with, well, the introduction. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Show stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. Alright, there we go. Let's get that off the screen. Don't need that anymore. Boop! There is our Coriolis book. 
F11, that bad boy, make it just a touch bigger for you. There we go. Coriolis, right here, nice hardcover. Hopefully you can still get it in hardcover. I don't know. I'm going to start off by saying that like a typical Coriolis, or a typical Free League book that's all color, like Alien, Coriolis, and a few others, this book is substandard. It looks fantastic. It's absolutely amazing art. I don't know even what page I'm opening up to. Uh, it's, uh, it's very well done. Except for the book itself. I don't know if you can see close to And it's not like it's a favorite book of mine. Pages are off already, yeah. Yep. It's every color printing for, for Free League does that. The black well, and white I, ones don't. Black and white ones are I, perfect. Yeah, I, I think Free League and Modifius use the yeah. same use the same people because I, all of my Modifius books that are color and have the have the cool shiny paper, the same thing. The the pages just separate from the binding. Uh, Edge Lord, it uh, publishes it. I think it's a different actual designer though. I could be wrong about that. Also, we'll talk about them, but I don't want to pull them out again. I do have the Coriolis cards, and you can see it's a nice big deck of cards for what's this one? Oh, the icons, which we'll talk about later. There we go. I have a character sheet ready to show you. If I have to, that'll probably be in the next video, though. So this one should just be the introduction. So let's dive into Coriolis and find out what this game is about. There is the map of the Third Horizon. And oh, oh. one of the things I'm going to do with this series that I didn't do with the last one so much is I am not going to answer any forward-facing questions. What does that forward mean? Forward-facing questions. Yeah. What that means is if we cover it here, I'll answer it, but I'm not going to give any spoilers for chapter seven or whatever. One, I want to make sure I'm hundred percent right. And two, we're going to get there. So we're going to cover the book in the steps that it's meant to be covered in. Okay. So don't ask me what this planet has on it. Cause well, well I have the Atlas. I don't know. <laughs> and this printing here, I don't know what printing they're actually on, but this printing right here is the, I guess the first printing. I tried to find an updated version of it that I didn't have to pay for since I already have this one, but I couldn't. So I, I don't know if I got this from Free League or what, but yeah, anyway. So we're going to go through the introduction right now. And then the next video is the characters. Look at that. Do you see that page 14 to 52? That's a lot. That is a lot. So let's let's breeze through the introduction so we can spend some time on uh, on page 52. On page 50, you know, what I'm talking. about. Ignore me. Except for what I'm about to. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Introduction. All right. There we go. So, welcome to Coriolis, the Third Horizon. In this role-playing game, you take on the role of adventurers traveling the stars. Now, this is okay. all just how you play the game. So, let's go down here. What do you do? You crew up a spacecraft. You explore the horizon. We will talk later about why it's called the Third Horizon. That is not important now. Just know that yes, there are a first and a second, but they're not important at this point in time. You know, unravel secrets this is a very good game for investigative type stuff in fact the main storyline quest if you want to call it that which oh by the way is not in the book yay Ooh, yay it's, good it's, job but it is three hardcovers i have sitting behind me that are almost as thick as this book <laughs> bad job <laughs> no no it's a really great it's a really good job other than oh. the ending the ending was really disappointing but uh has you unraveling tons of secrets so it's good for investigation it's good for combat it is good for all types of play that you'd want to do in outer space plot and scheme on board coriolis what is coriolis we'll talk about that later but it's a space station and carry out missions because you owe money on your ship you start the game with a ship yay but you also yeah, well, owe a lot that is common in yeah. uh 
in, in games made in the last, you know, at least 10 years where if you start off in space with a ship, you owe money. And that's the impetus for carrying yep. out missions and making money. I thought making money was just, you know, to get stuff, not to hold on to the stuff you have. Uh, people I just wish they would change that out. Well, but people that's won't play. You and I look at things like that. Hell, I'll even go and shout out Shauner for a second. Shauner would be good with that with his like his traveler games. But most people, believe it or not, and this is in the conversations that I have on Friday night with the chat. This is conversation I have with people, you know, just around. Well, if there's no impetus, why would I do that? I would just go around and make havoc everywhere. I'd just say screw everybody, you know. Well, people still, are, fuel takes money, I suppose. Yeah, you still got to make money to you know gas yourself up and get places. But, uh, you know, you don't have to be in Hawk on your ship on day one. Well, you know, that's just the way this game starts. Okay. And I think it is a good trope. Not the only one that necessarily has to be out there, but it is a good trope just to start quickly get you. If you if you look at all the games that uh, uh, not Modifius, uh Free League's done so far that we've covered the Mutant series and this one, all of them have that kind of how, how do I call it? Um, impetus holy crap by the way apparently twitch creates ads on its own now so we have an ad break coming up on twitch so sorry for anybody watching on twitch that's uh, getting an ad um but the, they all start with these you owe something to somebody or you're in dire straits mm. to keep you going forward it's very simplistic yeah. you can always start it off however you want in some other way if you want but it's intentional just to get you in the game and let's get going that's the whole point. Right. So okay. uh, carry out missions and then pray to the icons. That is going to be a huge focus of the game is uh, who are these icons? What are they about? And unfortunately, you're not going to find out today, but we will get to that. Uh, I'm going to read this paragraph, though. Icon worship is ever present in the third horizon. Through faith, the people find strength. And so will you. It's literally a game mechanic in the game. Watch my combat video. You will see all about that or we'll get to it later. When darkness surrounds you and all hope seems lost, a desperate prayer to the icons can be what saves your lives. Yes, I, I remember this a little bit. I mean, uh, I hate forced, you know, God's like forced on the players because most of the time God's either screw with you or don't do anything for gameplay. But in this game, praying to the gods has immediate results. Something happens to you. Most likely good. Well, it's literally, this is how you push your role. It's how you push your role in this game. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 get, you get tangible benefit, immediate tangible benefit. Not like, a, you know, oh, well, in, in, in 10 years, I'll give you a blessing or just wait till you die. Oh, it'll be great. You know, like, come on, man. These ones actually, actually do something immediate, so I like them better. Uh, and, and also, if you pray at a chapel before you go into combat or go you do something, buff. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get, for, for something yeah. very specific, but yes. All right, so what is Coriolis in a nutshell? Arabian Nights in Space. Coriolis world is inspired by Middle Eastern culture rather than a Western one. This I would dump. Again, not because I don't like it, but because I can't do it properly and I don't want to, I don't want to force it. Just to be fair, if we were playing um, a Firefly role-playing game, I would dump the Chinese stuff as well other than maybe something in the background because I can't do it properly. So that's... You like that concept, though. Absolutely, it's what the game's about. Food, music and fashion, as well as religion, philosophy, and literature. Most importantly, myths and folktales taken from Middle East deeply entwined with the spirit of the game world. Well, guess how many of those I know? Zero. Yeah. 
The Third Horizon is a world where ancient myth meets high technology. Old versus new. This is actually a very core con uh, construct of the game. You, you are going to find this conflict all over the place. A central theme to Coriolis is the conflict between the first come, the Horizon's earliest settlers, and the Zenithians' descendants to the second wave of colonists arriving aboard the Zenith. Now, the funny thing about that, though, is the Zenithians actually launched first. They just had slower ships? Yep. Yep. And, and it, well, to make it simplified, yeah. Although the first command already established their culture throughout the horizon when Zenith arrived, the Zenithians have grown to dominate more and more in the last decades through trade, hostile expansion, and colonization. Zenithian's cultural imperialism is a key factor in the conflict between the consortium, the Zenithian faction, and the first come order of the uh, first come order of the pariah. And we will talk about factions much later on, but I do have a cheat sheet video that already goes through them uh, as an overview. Mysticism and icon worship. Here it is again. Worship of the icons permeates everything in the world of Coriolis. The religion is the smallest common denominator for peoples of the third horizon. While faith is strongest with the first come, especially so amongst the ranks of the Church of the Icons. I mean, hell, it has the name Church right in there, right? And the Order of the Pariah, again, kind of sounds, you know, religious. The recently arrived Zenithians have too converted to worshiping oops, the icons in large, get back over here, in large numbers. The levels of religious commitment varies from the superstitious holler crew praying to the traveler before a portal jump to missionaries zealously devoted to the holiest of struggles, saving the horizon one soul at a time. Now, have Ethan, you, dog. Have you met the icon? Here. <laughs> this, is the, this is the watch station. <laughs> the watch station. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the doom mechanic of... Uh, Conan 2D20 or Dark yes. Symmetry for okay. I said way back then, and I'm going to repeat it now the dark between the stars is very similar to that mechanic. Okay, there are some differences, but instead of something immediately happening to the players when you pray to the icons, push your roll, now the game master gets points to use against you. And the reason that is, is because we haven't talked about the tools of the trade yet, which is the dice for Coriolis are actually different than the Mutineer Zero dice. And I forgot to grab them, but I'll show them off in a moment. Dark between the stars, the omens have foretold it, and the clergy have preached it for a long time now. The dark between the stars, the unspeakable corrupting force at work in the intersection between civilization and the endless nothingness of space seems to be real. In Coriolis, the dark between the stars plays roughly the role as the devil in Earth's Christianity. I actually liken it to the dark side of the force. I think it's a little bit more apt representation. But because uh, wait, does it have a physical manifestation like a single leader? Theoretically, like, it can. Well, it no, no, can? not as not as a not as a leader. It's it's more of a but it can have a physical manifestation. Say like the passions of Earth on. Okay. Okay. Um, it uh, it definitely look. You remember Event Horizon? Sure. Uh, there you go. Dark between the stars. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. As in, one in, example, in, in not my the head, I was I was thinking more Legend with Tom Cruise with the with the uh, Tim. What's his name playing the devil? I haven't uh, seen the, that. The, and so Tim Burton. Darkness. Not Tim Burton. Tim. Um, crap. Yeah. Uh, it's been so long since I saw that movie. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. But okay. Yeah, I was thinking uh, that. But okay. All right. This this makes sense. 
It gives a couple of uh, examples. Of course, it gives Firefly as an example of to watch to get an idea. Just change the uh, uh, the Chinese to Ar- Arabian. Revelation, Space, and its sequels are some books to read. And Alien by Ridley Scott, which I find really odd, considering it has an alien game. But of course, when this was written, that wasn't uh, Alien wasn't a game in in uh, Free League's repertoire yet. So uh, apparently, that fits in perfectly. Tools of the game. Uh, this is typical RPG stuff. I'm sorry, you know, if you really want to know, you've never played an RPG before. Well, I'll leave that on the screen for a second, but ultimately we're going to skip that. The Third Horizon. This is where things are going to be either exciting or boring for you because we got a bit of reading to do. Okay. This is the history. The Third Horizon, commonly just the Horizon, consists of 36 star systems joined through space and time by mystic portals. The horizon of today is a melting pot of different cultures, peoples, and factions. If you've watched Stargate uh, the last couple of seasons with the Ori, and they had those big gates that would go all over the place, like in space, where the ships could fly through, the space gates, there we go. Uh, That's similar to what you have here. It's not around every planet. I don't think it's around every planet. Let me be careful. Is it really mystic? Is it magic? They don't know how it works. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Well, okay. Many, I, well, no, not spoilers, actually. I don't think they actually describe it in this book many hundreds of years ago two colossal colonization vessels left earth their names are zenith and nader destination the star aldebaran and by the way that is an arabic name the crews lived their lives aboard these ships through centuries of deep space travel one of the ships the nader was lost somewhere in the darkness during the voyage without leaving any trace bye-bye the zenith continued alone and after traversing the empty void, finally reached its destination. But the humans on board discovered that they were not the first to arrive in the third horizon. They arrived in an already colonized cluster of star systems linked by ancient portals. A long time after the departure of the Zenith, the ruling powers of Earth had discovered one of these portals and threw it a shortcut to what became known as the third horizon. So you're all taking the long way. The scenic exactly. Route going- I would have been super pissed. They were super pissed. I live my entire life on this ship. My dad lived oh, no, generations. Life on this ship. My grandpa yeah. lived his entire life on this ship. My great great grandpa boarded this ship. And I didn't have to do that. I just had to wait like five minutes and you would have found a teleporter. <laughs> yeah, it's war. <laughs> just because I'm ordinary. Mankind had discovered a remnant from a highly advanced culture, which they named the portal builders. It's not the gate builders at all. No. The por- <laughs> The portals opened the way for humanity to travel the stars, and a new golden age began. Colonization vessels sought out distant stars, establishing the first and second horizons. Finally, the third horizon was reached, and it became a haven for radicals and free thinkers from the first two horizons. There is some history behind the first two horizons. I I don't know if we're going to cover that, but it'll be okay, later. Well, it'll be weeks down I the road. I have a problem with the structure of the book now because at first it didn't really, it touched on first, second, third horizon, but you didn't really need to know. But now it's explaining the order of them and stuff, but I still don't know what they mean. I still don't know what they are. Okay. Earth-like worlds were discovered and colonized. Massive places and temples erected. Civilization slowly spread across the third horizon. Portal Wars. Eventually, the first horizon wanted to reclaim the systems that had freed themselves. Okay, now you're starting to get that information. The newborn separatist powers, headed by the Order of the Pariah, resisted and war broke out. The slaughter lasted for several years, but ended when the star fleets of the Third Horizon finally wiped out the First Horizon's lackeys, a faction called the Sacrifice of Nazarene. 
and closed all portals to the other horizons. The third horizon is locked in its own space. You can't get there anymore through the other portal. So well, first you, you can take a slow boat, I'm sure, but yeah, but whatever. that's that'd be a slow boat. To call me in a thousand yeah. years. Yeah. The terrible war left in its wake remnants of once great armadas. Go, oh, that slides over too far. Wait, what? Okay, zoom it out. Where am I? There we go. Uh, rifts in the fabric of space-time and cities, whole planets even scorched and destroyed. Wow. Zenith. When the silence after the war was at its deepest, Zenith finally arrived to the third horizon. So everybody's, you know, rebuilding. It's, you know, it's like 1950 after World War II kind of stuff. And then this colony ship comes in. Hey, we made it. What are the you mass- all doing here? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and you look like you're in some dark. What happened? <laughs> the massive Ark ship found its original destination already colonized by the lords and emirs of Dabaran. After traveling the war-torn horizon, Zenith decided on the cluster's central system, Kua, like, you know, hey, you know, we're going to float around, you know, we're going to go right to the middle, buddy. Yep. Kua as its new home. However, a mutiny aboard soon divided the crew. Captain's family fled the ship and settled on the planet Kua's surface below. The remaining colonists cannibalized the ship, rebuilding it into the great space station Coriolis and declared a new era in the Third Horizon, a time of trade, reawakening and peace that actually makes sense that makes perfect sense nobody alive on that ship knows any other life at all and everyone's here they got planets claimed i don't want to be bound to a gravity well i don't need that nonsense i spent my entire life in space let's just make this ship into a space station we, we can orbit a planet you know take resources from it if we need to trade with everyone to get money that way we are not under under attack for being interlopers we're actually giving a service to our neighbors they're less likely to want to kick us out immediately it's a good plan i like the plan okay zenithians in the first come descendants of the crew of the zenith call themselves zenithians while the people's of the first colonization wave call themselves the first come. Not, not, not the first, but they have to say first come because they got there first. They came there first, but they weren't actually launched first. So, you know, I have to have that right. little distinguish. As they view themselves as the Horizon's original settlers. Among the latter, however, many have begun identifying as Zenithians, despite not being blood-related to the crew of the Zenith. This is most common among those who regard themselves as progressive and who share the Zenithians' practical take on the icons and life in general. The center of the third horizon is the Kua system, where the space station Coriolis orbits the green jungles of the planet Kua. The system is also home to the burning hot planet Lubao. I hope that's right. I don't even care. The acidified Gina, the asteroid belt, the gas giant Zine, the ice planet Sura, and farthest out, an outer asteroid belt where only one of the nine sectors is inhabited. Most of the system's inhabitants live on the planet Kua. There. Many dwell close to an ancient wonder left behind by the portal builders. If you're wondering why I'm not skipping any of these dumb paragraphs, it might seem like they're whatever. They're, it's because of like seeded with information that's going to yeah. be required later. Right. Exactly. Uh, a giant monolith made habitable by the Zenithians or in the industrial conglomerate that stretches along the planet's equator. So we got factions. When the Zenithians founded Coriolis, they sent word to all the major powers in the Third Horizon to come to the space station and set up a council for peace and trade. The invitees became known as factions. Really, they became known as that? They were 
Like, like that's a hard, that's a hard leap. I mean, you italicized that. I mean, that's like, yeah. that was a hard leap somehow. And the council, a force for peace and commerce. Well, theoretically. Albeit some conflicts remained unresolved. The council's factions of today are the consortium, a group of powerful corporations. Again, I have a video that dives a little more, it's an overview, but dives into them a little more. The Zenithian hegemony, the descendants of the captain's family aboard the Zenith. The Free League, which by the way, just so you guys know, is the reason that the company is named Free League. This, the Free League from Coriolis is the reason the company is named Free League. How can you say that it wasn't the first game? This is not the first iteration of the game Coriolis. So the Free League, Union of Free Traders, the Mercenaries of the Legion, the Secretive Draconites, oh, I always forget about them, the Divine Iconocrats of the Order of Pariah, Alam's Temple with its courtesans and philosophers, think, uh, what's her name in uh, Firefly? Um, I can't think of her name. Marie, uh, Marina Baccarin's character. Yeah, I forget her name too. Yeah, That's okay. And lastly, the People's Church, the Church of the Icons. Two additional groups are regarded as factions, although they are not represented at the council, and that's the criminal network, the syndicate. I guess, you know, when you're the mob, you get to have some power and a name. And the nomads and the nomad federation. Tradition divides the council into Zenithian, the first four factions mentioned above, and the first come factions, the four latter. The syndicate is usually considered Zenithian, and the nomad federation first come. Now, I don't expect everybody to remember that. We will go over factions in a few weeks. Well, the Nomad Federation is almost as ridiculous a name as, uh, I don't know, the, uh, the, the Hermit Confederacy. Yeah, sometimes things are translated from other languages, though. That might be how it translates from either Arabic or Swedish, depending on how they looked at it in the games. I don't know. Uh, the, as the Third Horizon had just begun to blossom again, and the Harmony had returned to the Council of Factions, the peace was suddenly broken. From the depths of the gas giant zine rose the faceless emissaries, specters, they are actually ghost-like creatures, from another yeah. world. Are they the icons or portal builders? We don't know. The theories about their origins are many. By the way, the, the three-part uh, um, campaign that I talked about answers that question for you, and I am not going to spill it. Aww. Nope. Uh, theories about their origin are many. The emissaries demanded a seat at the council and got one. You know, if you're floating through space and coming from a gas giant, I'm probably going to say, yes, you can sit at the table. Well, it depends. I'd shoot them once to see if it works. If it doesn't, yeah, okay, come on in. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, okay. One of the emissaries claimed itself as the incarnation of the icon, the judge. So basically, okay, an avatar. Yeah. To which the order of the pariah cried sacrilege and closed their home system to all travel wow wait 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 this one ephemeris being that you have no idea what he says i am i'm the avatar of one of your gods and the whole civilization went no i'm out and just shuttered everything well Im imagine it this way if you're if you're uh, islamic somebody came and said hey i'm the reincarnation of of muhammad or imagine if you're christian and somebody sat on the united nations said i am jesus second coming and rome said screw you we're out Okay, or Constantinople, you know, if you're you know. pull away from the from anyone who accepts that, I understand. But shutter your entire civilization from everyone else be because one guy said something stupid. Way to take your ball and go home, bitch. I mean, eh, come on. You're probably ready to do that anyway. So, <laughs> uh, new age of shadows and, susp and suspicion has dawned, and the peoples of the horizon all wonder what is the true agenda of the emissaries. To take everything you have and burn it to the ground. That's how it works. Or you never trust aliens. 
<laughs> well, you're the alien here, technically. Today, new conflicts are flaring up, and old ones are emerging again in the horizon. The intrigue surrounding the factions thickens, and matters usually settled with a signature or handshake are now taken to the battlefield. First come revolts against the Zenithian factions, particularly the Consortium, are erupting everywhere. The factions fight each other in proxy wars through rebel forces, mercenaries, corsairs, and toll ships. It's Russia and the Soviet... I'm sorry, well, I mean, it's America and the Soviet Union. In the midst of all this chaos, a new phenomenon has come to light in the horizon. People are suddenly showing signs of powers said to be reserved for the icons themselves. Yes, there is a hint of magic in this game. I stress the word hint. Okay. Okay. Or, can, or super psychic powers. Or super psychic powers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They can tell the future, see things worlds away, and even conjure up fire from empty air. These okay. new mystics are a dangerous element to the rest of the population as they are not yet in full control of their powers. These powers are brand new. If you think you're going to come to this game and just play a mage from Dungeons and Dragons or uh, some sort of psychic being from, you know, Rifts, no, no. This is more like having magic in Call of Cthulhu. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that's not quite oh, right. That's horrible. Don't, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> Uh, possibilities the new era does however bring with it many new opportunities for adventurers like you and your group trading with far-off systems solving conflicts with your trusty vulcan carbine because you know why not spying on shady corporations or factions escorting travelers and pilgrims delivering important messages as couriers or searching for secrets in the ruins of old beat the remnants of the portal builders or the looming wrecks from the portal wars all this and much more is at your feet in Coriolis, the third horizon. And before anybody poo-poos the whole nomadic uh, concept of the game, because that is actually a pretty thick concept, you will find that some of the best information comes from the nomads, because guess what they do? They're like the gypsies of, of this. They go everywhere. They, they listen. Yes. That's, that's, that's the thing. But what I like so far in this intro there are so many ways that the player character group can play the game. Mm -hmm. You can play it like Firefly where, where you're, you know, picking up things, dropping them off, legal, illegal, doesn't matter as long as we get paid type thing, or that it's really set up also for a, uh, a political game mm -hmm. where you, you can actually live on Coriolis and be attached to one of the factions or, yep. or, or be a, a Zenithian and be a moderator or a mediator or a troubleshooter of some kind. You know, where you you uh, you investigate things for the council that can be done, too. And that's just two off the top of my head. But the, the this uh, this opening introduction leaves a whole lot open. And I really like that. I like that. A there lot. is actually enough to explore where even though there are only 36 worlds. So what page is it, 16? OK, uh, let's go to that map for a second. There are, there are only 36 worlds, but there's still enough to explore. Remember, even in the Kua system right here in the center. That asteroid belt is only one-ninth inhabited. Right. And there's 36 systems, not right. worlds. There's, right. Yeah, Fair. there's a whole bunch of planets. I mean, a lot of them you can't go to or wouldn't want to spend a lot of time on, like Acid Planet and Fire Planet. Probably not a great vacation spot, but stuff can be hidden there. I mean, uh, these these portals are how many thousands and millions of years old? Who knows, man? It didn't say. But if, if they're millions of years old, then a million years ago, that planet wasn't covered in fire or that planet wasn't covered in acid. And we left stuff down there. You know, you could do that. It's great. I love now, it. Now, to be fair, each of these systems, I think, is habited. I, I, I again, I haven't read I the Atlas in a long time. That's habitable. Yeah. Right. I think. And 
they're under certain faction controls also. But like you said, play the politics game. You can play an exploration game. Some people might consider it boring, but I mean, I've seen other science fiction games do it. Exactly. You, said. you can spend your time on Deep Space Nine. I mean, Coriolis. You, sure. you or Babylon do, 5, whatever. whatever or Babylon 5, right. You can do all of that. Actually, Babylon 5 might even be a little bit more apt. So all of that, and you can ha you could play a survival-based game where you find a world that you are nomad and want to inhabit, where the universe is kind of happening around you, because there are things happening in the universe that will eventually affect you, and how to deal with this. You could use this as, you honestly could use this as your everyman game. Now, you'd have to do a little effort, you'd have to, you know, think it through a little bit, but it does not just have to be shooty-shooty or merchant-merchant like everybody likes to do in science fiction games. All right, uh, show me some chat before we get to right. the next one, and then here we go. Here's the first one. Uh, Heathen Dog says, "Wait till you die; it'll be great." Ha ha ha! Yeah, something like helps during the game tends to improve the fun. Yeah, that that's the icons. They actually uh, have immediate benefit if they answer your prayer, which they usually do, and they have a long term buff benefit, which we're gonna, which he's gonna get into later. That uh, if if you pray at a shrine to a specific icon for a specific thing you will get a buff to that thing for a, a determinate period of time it's it's really good stuff and it, it, it really makes the gods more real whereas in other games they're there but their presence is so oft is so not often felt that what does it matter you know it doesn't really matter then we have uh, Revolutionary Principle Gaming. Uh, the people of Free League must be quite familiar with Middle Eastern culture since they're Swedish. <laughs> yeah, you know what? They they wanted to 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 make a game with a different flavor, and they they chose they chose the Middle East as a culture base. Well, a lot Why? of Middle East has moved to Sweden too. Is I think his point. There you go. There it is. There's one comment. I don't know if you have it highlighted, but Halcyon uh, uh, says I think the Expanse does it uh, does it best of political intrigue, mystery, and combat. Uh, you could do the expanse in this. I'd say my only caution with that is the expanse only has what three real factions in it, if I remember correctly. Maybe four. Yeah. This has eight. Well, eight, eight big ones, and then some middle ones. But yeah, you could easily you could do the expanse in this as well, just with more system. I mean, considering that's just Earth, that's just one system. Now imagine thirty six systems. Right. And we have Rex Steele saying, uh, so most free league games start you off with a bit of power but then your immediate goal is to give back to whomever gave you that power so you can keep it. Yeah, I mean, if you start off in debt, you're you're working for somebody else without working for somebody else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, that-, that it's, and, the, it's to keep you going. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's to keep you going, but there are other ways to do it that wouldn't make me feel as dirty, but I understand where they're coming from. I'm, this, you're this you're an experienced game master, right? Yeah. So you the, can do, you can make it however it. you want. Exactly. Yes. You can change it. You know, you're, 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 I, I would say, Hey, the, the captain of the ship, his entire family died. There was a, there was a life insurance settlement or a, or a, <laughs> uh, some, some, some kind of accident settlement and you got enough to buy a ship. It's yours free and clear, but you got to get food. You got to get water. You got to get fuel, all I'll that stuff you. to keep you going. Yeah. And per says Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Thank, God. You. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's what we were forgetting. He played the darkness. Uh, Nerdy Yorga says, like the gates around Phase World. Uh, I don't know if they're immediate travel. Are they instantaneous on these space gates? You know what? I got to be honest. I don't remember either. Okay. Well, if, if, it's, if it's instantaneous or all but instantaneous, then yeah. I mean, but they work I, I both think ways. So. 
in, in in phase world you could get to phase world but you're on your own to get back but the other, the other the, thing is i don't think that there's a portal every world uh no, i think no, there's a portal at most it's somewhere but remember they didn't create them uh i think there's well, a portal the at some worlds not at every world if i remember correctly as well again that'll be stuff that we will get into later uh but that might be a couple weeks or a few weeks down the road okay and that's it all right so if you like that introduction like i said we're gonna we're gonna focus a little heavier on this than we did with the previous uh free league games because this has a lot of interest so we're gonna be spending a little bit more time uh on some of the specifics on what the book says but if you guys like this introduction to uh coriolis the third horizon i cannot wait to do character creation uh, again some of this is already out there go look at our playlist for that and you can get some more overviews of coriolis if that's all you're looking for but uh till then boop. like subscribe and share oh my god did we not have this up there the entire again, how time. do they how do they know it's not segment one if that could have been segment seven you never yep. know, know. <laughs> all right with that like subscribe share appreciate your time and look forward to you forward to you joining us in the uh, character creation video i like i like this hang on no no don't don't start recording yet don't do that okay okay <laughs> at least somebody now, finally found it. it what what specifically are you talking about because now bear in mind when you give the specific answer of what you think looks like a clitoris this will tell whether you've seen one or not. Okay? So, bear in mind. Oh, no, he keeps hearing it when, when, Mac, when Mac says Coriolis. That's all he hears. So, you, you, know, what's on his, you know what's on his mind. That, that's a little weird. <laughs> a little Especially weird. coming what? from me. Like, you know, you know, if there's like a hot woman on here or something, I'd be like, okay, I get it. But uh, me? <laughs> I'm, I don't know. Was he the one that said no homo earlier? because <laughs> i'm starting to think maybe hey hey hey, hey. <laughs> we're not abusing chat all right let's uh do that oh yeah i have to get this ready down here too all right let's get into part two talking about coriolis the third horizon and this part is going to be all about uh, creating a character now i have an hour and a half long character creation video i don't know why it's an hour and a half long Obviously, it was done on a live stream, so you can see the step-by-step -step process of creating a character. Hopefully, I did it correctly. I don't remember it. It was a while ago, and yeah, so th that exists. But now we're going to go with you. We're going to read through the book. We're going to check the process out, what happens, what the step-by-steps are, because you're going to, especially if you compare this to Meet Near Zero, you're going to find that there are a lot of differences now, yet it still plays out the same way. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national, nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. 
here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time. Or check out the Friday Night Show stream where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. Alright, start us off by looking at the character sheet. If you watch the Mutineer Zero series, you're going to say, hey, that looks kind of familiar. And there are a lot of similarities. Let's see if I can zoom in on this thing. I can. Look at that. Got strength, agi uh, strength agility, wits, empathy, just like Mutineer Zero. Now, hit points and mind points are something that are a little different. And we will get into that later. Name, background, concept, icon. Again, a few more things up here, but they will relate to your character. Uh, group, concept, reputation, personal problem. Okay. Uh, appearance. Relationships. Again, that's if you saw, if you haven't seen them, don't worry about it. But if you've watched the Mutant Year Zero ones, uh, all of this should be look familiar to you. Radiation. At least it's not called rot now. <laughs> radiation yeah. experience talents gear this by the way i'm just gonna be up front with you. this is not enough lines for talents uh skills now do you notice something different about these skills uh can you see them i can't see them very well okay let's see if zooming in helps a little bit there aren't a lot of them uh well there are 12 before how many are there now two four six eight ten twelve fourteen it's actually more oh wow okay the thing is, you notice that even though they're written over here, they're not underneath uh, uh, an attribute heading. They're also broken into this little tiny word here, general and advanced. And we will talk more about what that means later. There are now general skills and advanced skills. And again, gear, armor, obviously in a sci-fi game, you met sure. a cabin. It's not called, a, what's, what was it called before? Uh, I forget what it was called in year zero already. <laughs> Tiny items, no, etc. So there you go. There's your basic character sheet for Coriolis. A very beautiful character sheet. I like it. Uh, I don't know how many people actually print them out in color, <laughs> but uh, but I do like the way that looks. So now let's get into the actual book and start talking about some of this. There's our wonderful Coriolis book right there. And was it page 17? Or characters. Let's talk about how to... Hey, that should have been centered, jerk. So the first thing you do in Coriolis when making a character is you determine what kind of group you're going to be. And this will actually have game effects on, uh, on, on your characters. Now, theoretically, you can do what you want. But like with the whole concept of the ship being, uh, you know, you owe on the ship just to give you an easy starting point, this, these group ideas also do the same thing. You have a concept and then a subconcept. So let's just look at this first one. We're not going to read through all of the concepts. We'll look over some of the skills and some of the uh, the PCs of the subconcepts, but we're not going to read everything. But we will read free traders just because it's the first one. So uh, let me start here with create your group. Create the group concept. Pick your spaceship. You, uh, we are... Make that bigger, please. I can. Yep. Absolutely. So you're going to pick your group concept. Pick your spaceship. We are not going to look at spaceships today. You are going to just have to wait for that. Uh, pick your group talent. If they're listed here, which I think they are, we'll look at them, but we're not going to define them. We'll do that later. Uh, next week, as a matter of fact. Pick your patron. Pick your nemesis. 
And all these play in, if you remember before, now your patron is probably the person that owns your ship. Or it could just be somebody who, it's Charlie from Charlie's Angels. <laughs> it's some somehow it's it's somebody that you can go to for like for adventure if if you need that and pick your nemesis that's the person's out to get you see that captain that heathen dog talked about who whose life insurance was bequeathed to you actually had a relative who wants his ship back or whatever so let's see what it says for free traders commerce is what greases the wheels of the third horizon and the hub of trade in the region is the space station coriolis the free traders are the entrepreneurs and innovators of the horizon, embracers of the new order, with few exceptions. Tariffs, tolls, and bureaucrats looking to make a quick buck abusing the trade system are all things despised by any free trader. As free traders, you will portal jump between different systems of the third horizon, hauling everything from goats on, wait, from goats on ice or farm machinery to candid, I can't talk, candied, cabra bugs, and illegal Vulcan carbines. In small freighters or enormous bulk haulers, you travel silent routes in an ocean of cold starlight, slipping past corrupt toll collectors, blockade ships, and corsairs is all part of your thrilling lives. You're kind of possibly a smuggler, maybe. You might start off innocently, uh, innocently enough, but guess what? Hey, money. smuggling's got good money. Smuggling's got and, good uh, money. End of the month, that bill's due, you know? Now, the concepts can be used for smugglers, bulk haulers, or couriers. That just kind of makes sense. But then sure. there are subconcepts, And you're going to look at this and be like, where does this all come from? When we look at the character classes at the end of this video, you will see where all this comes in. I don't want to scroll down to page 45 or whatever it is when we're only on 18 right now. But if you want to play a negotiator, which is the name of the character class, uh, you'd, be, you'd probably pick the peddler sub concept which is built so the, the character classes come as the character class and then it'll give you three uh, sub concepts doesn't mean you have to what this is saying here is that if to make it easy to start the game off right to fit the idea of the free trader and not to be a detriment to your group you've never played the game before it's probably best if, as a negotiator that you're probably a peddler why I don't know, because peddlers can probably peddle wares. And what do free traders want to do? They want to sell stuff. Yeah. Now, could you pick one of the other two, which I don't know what they are off the top of my head? Yes. But this is trying to start you off right. It's not forcing you into it. All right. Now, the pilot. You probably want to be a freighter pilot. Why would you not want to be a fighter pilot? <laughs> oh, well, un unless, you're, you're, uh, bought, unless you bought a fighter ship, and you work for somebody who pays you to fight people, which is probably not going to happen. Well, no, not not right away. It won't happen right away. Then that's not going to help you a whole lot. I'll zoom in on this a little more so you folks can actually read what it says here. Now, you might want somebody who's a technician who can fix the dumb ship, right? You want your Kaylee? Sure. Is that her name? Kaylee? Kylie? Uh, you, you need a deckhand. Hey, look, man, somebody's got to do the gopher work. Yep. Or, you know, just manage stuff on the ship Fair. what kind of a quartermaster yeah um by the way the game is designed to be played with a total of six players a game master and five others doesn't have to be but that is the core design of the game and we'll get to that a little bit probably want a ship worker somebody who again can oversee the cargo uh but you probably combine these two together oh that, that, that's your loader unloader guy yeah yeah 
Well, I mean, these are both ship workers, so I mean, they're both going to be capable of the other, but one would focus more on the, you know, being a stevedore, the other would focus more on, you know, making sure that the windows are clean. Sure. And of course, you're going to want a soldier, or you might want a soldier. Now, you might think in the free trader that this is probably the least necessary one, and I'd probably agree with you, but well, boarding operations know. are a thing. Yeah, uh, you, it, it also said in the beginning of the of the free trader thing that you have to run blockades and 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 you know sidestep uh, corsair ships and all that stuff boarding is yeah that that is a foreseeable outcome of some of the mm -hmm. stuff and you're going to want to be able to repel borders and you're not going to do that with with bosun jimmy the ship worker he's, <laughs> he's just going to die hard to whatever he whatever gets thrown at him you know so yeah i get it so some of the other ideas in here are uh, mercenaries i'll leave that on the screen so you can get that that's a good one we also have explorers sure agents agents of what agents of shield that's right well, let's let's look at what it says since you brought that question up burn legionnaires are not always the best tools for a faction sometimes more subtle means are required this is where the agent cell comes in typical jobs for a group of agents might be infiltrating dabaran courts assassinating dignitaries tracking down lost relatives or just keeping the scum on coriolis in check Okay. And the concepts are adjudicators, which you know, we were just talking about adjudicators in the game we talked about before in Elysium. You could be assassins. That's great. Or Sweet. you could be detectives for hire. Okay. And then it goes into the concepts that you could use. You know, what, what would a soldier do? You'd probably need an officer for organization, yada, yada. Sure. And the other one is you could be pilgrimage. And this is the one I suggest you don't poo-poo. I'm not saying it's the best one. I'm just saying don't poo-poo it. Because... So wait, wait. For a pilgrim, their, their end result is to stop playing? Well, to build up its own society somewhere. Yeah. And traveling workers taking jobs so they're to be found. And that oh. way you can have like a ton of side quests, Monster of the Week type campaigns. Traveling circuses made up of entertainers and performers, yet also people who hear conversations and things that they probably shouldn't that they right. use for information. And space nomads, perpetually trudging the starry void. This could be used for all of the other ones. You get, you get access to products that maybe somebody else wouldn't because you've been traveling all over the place. Sure. You might have contacts other people don't. You've seen wars and you've, uh, what were they called? The people that would uh, go after the battle's over and go take all the silver and gold and weapons and oh, so forth pulling people's teeth and taking yeah. their boots and stuff yeah. yeah that's yeah you shoot those bastards on site okay there you go <laughs> and then you have your starship or spaceship sorry pcs will again play with a spaceship decide together as a group which spaceship to pick using the rules and uh, and we'll cover chapter seven in the seventh video in this series which will be like three weeks from now most logical choice would be a ship suited to your group concept but hey you know what if you want to have a fighter ship and be long haulers that i suppose you could you can also choose to design your ship from scratch using the ship construction rules which we'll look at in chapter seven also okay now uh i don't want to get too far ahead into chapter mm -hmm. seven but just one question do you get a certain amount of points in in building your ship and if so can you split it off into a main ship and a launch craft of some kind it's all about money you're just gonna have 50 oh, yeah. percent debt okay okay 
Okay. Uh, there, there, there is a. Uh, I haven't done this in a long time. Sorry, I, I have built a ship, but it was a long time ago. There, is, there are limiting factors. There is a, a type of point system with like the number of modules you're allowed to have on a ship based on its size. But I don't want to talk out of my ass here because I don't remember exactly what that was. Okay. Believe me, before we get to chapter seven, I will have built two more ships just to make sure I have that process down. But it's been a long time since I've done that. Debt, as you begin playing, you will not entirely own your spacecraft unless, you know, again, you're a game master and you think outside the box and do your own thing. Depending on the ship type you choose, a sizable debt will lie between you and the calling uh, and calling the ship your very own. Somebody else is going to have the deed to that thing. Uh, I don't need to go through. Basically, you're going to owe somebody money. We don't have to read every one of them, every sensor. Group talents. This is important. I don't know why I zoomed out. <laughs> when creating. Uh oh, what's that? It's Sunday. Have you tied today? Crafty's been a member for 32 months. Woo. Thank you for re-upping your membership, Crafty. Appreciate oh. that. And when creating a group, pick one of the talents connected to your group concept. We are going to look at those. Everyone in the group can use this talent. It's not a different talent. There will be options, but the entire group has the same talent. And I know what you're going to say. You're going to be like, well, those talents aren't all that useful. They're useful in exact specific circumstances that they're supposed to be useful in. Okay? They're not magic powers. They're not supposed to be something where you always win. But their talents are described in chapter four, which will be next week, but we'll see the list of them today. I think. Pretty sure. Confident. Patching a nemesis. The third horizon is a hard place, and getting anywhere without help is difficult. It's become something of a tradition for smaller ship crews to ally themselves with powerful benefactors. As a group, pick a pattern from your group concept list below. So let's just look at the free traders for now, because it was the first one we looked at before. You can pick any one of these three. Now, of course, the game master might have his own. Mm -hmm. Or you can come up with your own concept. This is to get you started. I've never played the game before. I've never run the game before. Let's just go with this. All right. There's nothing I wrong with you. I never let a player group pick their nemesis. It just seems like a bad idea. I mean, you you don't choose to make someone your nemesis. Again, this is a game. <laughs> and Free League loves the concept of players developing their own, I hate the term, but we'll go with the backstories with regard to this. Gross. It's how, it's how all their games are developed. So, uh, so anyway, I had left that on the screen long enough. Do, 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 do. Okay, those are still... Okay, the player character. All right, so you're done with the group there, right? Yep. So you picked your, your group talent, or you picked your group type, you picked your or concept, you picked your uh, talent, you've got your nemesis, you've got your benefactor, and now let's make your individual person. We're on step six, and this is going to look very similar to the year zero stuff that we covered previously, but in case you didn't watch those videos, choose your background, choose a concept, determine your reputation score, choose a name, choose your appearance, Distribute attribute points. This is the first real thing that matters. <laughs> All these other ones. Well, concept is important as well. That's your character class. But the rest of these are just things that you kind of want them to be. Reputation score will, should actually be down here, shouldn't it? No, no, no. Because you're no, because your concept determines your attribute points. Never mind. Distribute your attribute points. Determine your hit points and mind points. We'll talk about that because that is different from the other other games. Uh, distribute your skill levels. Choose a talent randomly determine notice it's in italicize randomly determine your icon and icon town it's like it's like determining when you were born for your birth sign 
that's actually what it is. You, I didn't choose to be born on the day I was born on. It was, you know, randomly determined by the universe or when my mom and dad, you know, did the nasty. Choose personal problem. I don't know. Methamphetamines. Choose your relationship to the other PCs. They give me methamphetamines. Choose your gear and choose your crew position. Probably the airlock. Crew yeah. position is something that other games have done. I've seen it in Stars Without Number. I've seen it in Starfinder. Although I think this game came out before Starfinder, if I remember correctly. Uh, this crew positions are what you would think they would be. Captain, Engineer, Helm. Uh, I forget the other and Jimmy. What's that? Oh, Sin Jimmy. There you go. Jimmy. So pick your background, where you're from, how'd you grow up. There's an atlas that if the game master has it, you can help use uh, for your origin. Origin means both what star system come from and whether you're first comers in anything. Remember, those factions are important. An important part mm -hmm. of Third Horizon history is the two waves of colonization that swept across the systems. All right, we talked about that. Uh, oh, sorry, there I see a table here. Roll to, turn, oh, roll to determine your home planet on table 2-1 on the next page. Origin is no mechanical effect. It merely tells you something about who your PC is. You could also pick your planet by working that with your game master. Or the game master could say, you all come from planet X. I don't care. Upbringing. Are you from a remote colony or a, a remote colony in the jungle that now covers a ruined metropolis from the first wave of colonization? Or did you grow up among the traveling nomads going from planet to planet? Uh, crap. It's just another one of those long sidebars. Or oh, station to station. Yeah, it's another long sidebar. Living off odd jobs or selling handicrafts, etc., etc. You can choose between the upbringings, plebeian, stationary, or privilege. And this is going to determine your reputation, your skills, and your attributes. Remember, before he now complains about this, this is a game, and this is what is supposed to separate whether you have more attribute points and game and uh, um, of uh, and less skill points, or more skill points and less attribute points. It's your balance and how you want to make your character. Uh, humanites, what is a humanite? Well, let's find out. Not everyone in the horizon is a normal human or a pure blood, as the old hegemonists would say. Some groups of people are biosculpted. We haven't talked about this at all. These humanites, as they are called, are often found in primitive tribes on distant planets or abandoned space stations. Common folk view the humanites as subhuman and dirty, but they're usually superbly fitted to life in the environment they were designed for. You can only choose to play a humanite if you choose the upbringings plebeian or stationary. If you play a humanite PC, your starting reputation is halved. One for plebeian, two for stationaries, and we'll look at the chart in a moment. In return, however, you get a talent connected to your biosculpting, and we'll look at those in chapter four, so next week. Read more about humanites in chapter 10. So we're going to learn about the biosculpting before actually reading more about these guys, because we're going in chapter by chapter order here. All right. Character concept. This is basically your character class. Okay. Contacts, your subconcept. When we look at the class at the end of today's video, you'll see uh, what your contacts are. Uh, subconcept determines what network of contacts you will have access to. Um, all right. So there's a little chart here for your home system if you want to roll on it. And now we're going to move on. So here are the concepts and subconcepts. Again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this. I'll leave it on the scale. I'll zoom in on it so you can see it. And then we'll move to the side there. We already looked at some of these, like we looked at Negotiator, right? That, uh, for the peddler, for the free trader. But the three options are agitator, diplomat, and peddler. Uh, we looked at, uh, what is it? where's the pilot? Uh, pilot. Driver, fighter pilot, freighter pilot. Now, it doesn't mean you can't do any of the other ones. It just means you have a focus, all right? But some of these we didn't look at. What the hell is a data spider? 
Well, data spider is an analyst or correspondent or a data jinn, which is a computer dude. This is your IT guy. Remember, it's an Arabic, uh, uh, Arabic-focused game. It's going to use some... He has computer magic. Just go with that. There you go. So, and he's you a, can see the super other hacker. There you Stop making letters highlight. All right. Name and appearance. Do you do that on your own? Reputation. And well, let's look at the reputation right here. We don't need to read that when we can go here. You can be plebeian, which get 15 attribute points because life is hard. And you probably have a little, you know, you needed some extra wisdom to do the farming. You needed some extra strength to lift the boulder, whatever. Or you can be privileged. That life of luxury where you sit down and do nothing. But apparently you had a lot of time to study. Yeah, makes sense. And reputation two, four, six. And bird, this is the money of the game. Ships cost in the hundreds of thousands and millions. So you start with, if you're lucky, 5,000. Good job. So, so uh, we'll get to attribute points a little bit later today, and we'll get to skill points a little bit later today. So, All right, let's uh, move on. Oop, we're going to get to our attributes right now, it looks like. That looks like a kid wearing his dad's clothes. Come it does, on. doesn't it? Yes, I said the same <laughs> thing when I first saw it. Um, now, skill levels in this game, skill checks are done a little differently, and we're going to talk about them next week, not today. But I just want to be upfront with you. Skill checks are done a little differently in this game. Or I'm sorry, the success levels are a little differently uh, done a little differently in this game. That's why you have skill level. If you have level one, you're a novice at it. You're brand new to it. Two is capable, three is competent, four experience, five master. One to five is maximum. And when we talk about skills next week, we'll understand the difference. I don't think it talks about it here. Maybe it does. But we'll understand the difference between general skills and advanced skills. The quick version of it is this. General skills can be used just like the other user engine games. Advanced skills, you must have at least one point in it to use it. That's the main difference. And you're right, that does look like a little kid. I mean, it's all flowing on the ground. Yeah, man. I mean, daddy's off to war and he left his spare uniform and gun and I'm going to show mommy and then you accidentally shoot your brother and then it's all bad. (laughs) Just Uh, It it turns bad real quick when 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 kids play, you know, soldier with real guns. Yeah, the art of this book is absolutely fantastic. I just wish that the book wouldn't fall apart. Um, Strength. So again, let's look at the four attributes. I didn't talk about die rolling. I didn't grab my Coriolis dice either, but I can do it with these dice. I'll grab the Coriolis dice. Oh, nope, I didn't put the dice there. Never mind. Oh, right. So do you remember the year zero engine dice that we used that had three types of dice? Mm-hmm. Attribute dice, skill dice, and, and gear, gear dice. dice. Yep. Yeah. This game does not have that. This game okay. has one type of die. Okay. Or is it two? Skill Sh- die. Shit, is it two? No, aliens two. See, I hate... We'll get to it next week when we talk about skills for sure. But I'm pretty sure it's one type of die, uh, die for this game, if I'm pictured, because I don't remember there being another color. You roll everything together. Science fiction gear doesn't break. Also, this game, as you can look below, right on the screen there, doesn't have where if you take damage, it goes to strength. If you take um, fatigue, it goes to agility. Yeah. If you take right. doubt, it goes to... Wit. No. You either take hit point damage or you take mind point damage. So how is that done? Well, we'll look at that in just a moment. You can read on the screen, but you have strength, raw physical, strength, and physique. So if you're trying to do something that's related to strength, uh, a skill like force, you roll your strength plus your force, roll those dice. That's how many dice you roll. 
and every, every skill tells you the requisite attribute mm -hmm. so you can add them up and do all yes. that stuff right away yeah you don't have to worry about and, and again most of this can be covered next week but you don't have to worry about the issues of pushing the role that you did before you have a whole other set of things you have to worry about when pushing the role on this one we'll talk about that next week but that's how this game is done you roll your attribute value so let's say it's a three plus your skill value let's say it's another three you roll six dice six is our successes everything else is not that simple okay and then here you go. These are the four attributes. So let's now we move to hit points and mind points. Very simple. Add your strength and agility together, you have hit points. Add your wits and empathy together, you have mind points. Easy, easy peasy. Yep. And once again, there's our kit. So how many uh, that's skill points? Let's do attribute points first. Uh, there's 16 skills in the game. We got that. Uh, general advance. These skills are divided into two groups: general and advance. Uh, we already looked at the list. Each skill is also connected to one of your attributes, which I just talked about. You can always roll dice for general skills, even if your skill level is zero. Just roll the dice for the corresponding attribute. To use an advanced skill, you need at least a skill of one. That makes sense. It, it's it's differentiating uh, things that you can do without training, like lifting things and and punching somebody. You can still do it without any training, but fighter, pilot, hacker, no surgeon. Man, surgeon whatever you need to have training before you can even tempt something like that so yes. i get it yeah yep uh when you create your pc you get a number of skill points to distribute across your skills um there you go it depends on if you pick plebeian stationary privilege so you could have 12 skill points if you're privileged but that means i don't get all the skills correct probably aren't even gonna have half of them you're probably you're gonna, gonna have four yeah. maybe five uh, does it tell in here about the three and the one? Uh, I'm not. Oh yeah, it does. Crap, I skipped it, but I shouldn't have. Uh, when you, oh no, actually, this is the point we're at. You get number of skill points to distribute across your skills. How many depends on your upbringing. You can set your concept skills to a maximum level of three. Again, we will look at that when we get to the character. Every class. So remember, in the the Mutant Year Zero game, you had a specialty skill, right? Sure. Well, in this one and also in Forbidden Lands, that we'll talk about in a few weeks, you, you have this concept skill, which gives you four or five skills that you can have. Every other skill can only start at one. Your concept skill can start at up to three. Okay. So and it gives you that focus. Okay. So if if you're a if you're the max the max skill guy, 12, and you have four concept skills, you can get them all at three, but you won't have anything else. Correct. Okay. All right, so uh, talents. Talents are tricks, cheats, and abilities that give you an edge over others. How many talents did you get uh, when you when we did all the Mutant Year Zero games? Um, I want to say between one and three. One, okay. Just one. There's theoretically a way to get more, but we never covered that. You could get there, no. one. This game, you'll start, I think, with three or four. Nice. Uh, you'll have your group talent that we already talked about, right? Yeah. Well, we talked about it. We didn't explain Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. You'll have your personal talent and you're going to have an icon talent as well. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, more specialized in skills and our way to further detail your, your PC. Talents are described in chapter four, which we'll cover next week. You have three talents at the start of the game. Oh, it says right there. Uh, one from your group talent, one from your character concept, which is like the roles from the uh, Mutant Year Zero, and your icon under what star were you born, so to speak. You can acquire more talents during play, just like the other games. So there are nine icons. Can you go ahead and roll me D66 if you have two six-siders next to you? If I you do. don't, I can roll them. I do. Uh, 16. 16. 
You were born under the dancer. So just remember that going forward when we talk dancer. about this character. Yep, your icon is the dancer, and we'll have to find out what that is later. Isn't there a song about that? Maybe. Yeah, it probably is. All right, well, let's... um, Like Tiny Dancer, I think it's called. It's like a 70s song. Yeah, again, whatever. maybe. So nine icons. Um, I'll show them on the screen for people to look at, but we're only going to read the dancer. Uh, so the nine icons worshipped in the third horizon are described briefly below with their symbols in parentheses. You're going to love the symbol for the dancer. Read more about the icons in chapter 10. The dancer. Right. A sweeping shawl. Make it bigger, please. A sweeping shawl. Okay. That's already great. <laughs> the dancer is the icon of inspiration and perseverance. Sometimes okay. a woman, sometimes a man, mostly androgynous. The dancer, <laughs> dancer represents the bond formed in the union between two lovers, but also unbridled lust when appearing as the musician playing a lyre. Or, I don't know, is that Circa? Or Sura? Sura. Sura? I don't know. But that is awful. I was literally born under a bad sign. That is you were <laughs> well let's see we'll see what it gives uh later so you got the gambler the merchant deckhand traveler messenger judge and I i'm think judge i'm judge dread yeah, yeah. there should be one more of the faceless right yeah the faceless no symbol yeah no face duh all right so you uh, come up with a personal problem uh, something before the beginning of the game that still haunts or threatens you, perhaps a mortal enemy, a dark secret, or a strong addiction. We already picked meth, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. Space meth, whatever that is. Space meth, there you go. <laughs> whatever it is, your personal problem. Relationships. Um, I probably shouldn't skip this, even though we've covered this like 40 times in the other games, because they might not have saw those other games. As you enter the game, you already have a relationship to the other PCs. These relationships will affect how you gain experience points and are useful tools for the game master to create suspense in creating your pc describe your relationship to each other pcs with a short sentence don't give a 30 page background you don't need that no it's just a sentence uh, your concept lists a few suggestions to choose from also you'll have a buddy when you chose when you've chosen your relationships to other pcs you should pick one of them as your best bud chewy bff yep you're right yeah your best friend in the group check the box next to that person on your character sheet crew position all right, this is another important aspect of the game. This is why I say the game is based for five players. You can definitely do more. You can also do less. You're going to have a captain, an engineer, a pilot, a sensor operator, and a gunner. And each one of those is going to give a special benefit. And if you remember seeing on the uh, character sheet, there are skills related to this. So decide as a group who should have which position. The crew positions are mainly important during space combat, which you can read more about in Chapter 7. Chapter 7 is going to be a big one. Apparently that, so. might, that might take a couple of weeks. Gear. The last step in character creation process for you to pick your starting gear, which your concept will give you a few choices, and we will deal with that later. We already looked at how much burr you start with the game. Encumbrance, because apparently they put that in this section, not in another one. Encumbrance is like all the year zero engine games. So each of your uh, possessions should be written down on a row under gear. If an object is not on the list, you don't have it anymore. You've dropped it or forgotten it somewhere. But I, I remember you gave it to me. Well, you didn't write it down. Generally, you can carry a number of items equal to your strength doubled. So if your strength is three, like we talked about before, it means you can carry six items. I actually word this differently. I call it lines of items. That's just a personal preference. You don't have to do that. 
Note one object per row on your character sheet. However, there are these things, and this is why I do that, there are things called heavy and light objects. Extra heavy or cumbersome objects are harder to carry. An object deemed heavy will count double and thus take up two rows on the character sheet. Two lines, you know, it's cost two lines. Some objects may even require three or more rows. Okay, that gets, there are some items that do that. Uh, there are also objects considered light. They only require half a row, meaning you can have two light items on run, one row. And when you write in your character sheet, you can have half an item here, half an item there. Tiny objects are tiny. You don't have to write them down unless they get so bulky that they get to the point of, okay, you now have a pretty big bag of something of marbles. That's at least got to be a light item now. Yeah, when the bag was empty, you could just roll it up and put it in your pocket and it's not really going to take any space. I get it. Uh, over encumbered, you can temporarily carry more than your normal load. If you do, though, you must roll a force skill each time you attempt to move any long distance. If you fail the roll, you must either let go of what you're carrying or stop where you are. Same as... Okay, that's actually good, you know, because Bozen Jimmy has to move cargo around. And uh, he, you know, we, we don't need to buy that forklift because, eh, he could put his back into it. As, as long as he has to, doesn't have to move it too far, he'll be fine. All right, uh, I put that on the screen for people who want to read it. Uh, luckily the character classes take up a lot of pages and we're not going to spend too much time on that. Alright, so improve your character. PC will not stride unaffected through the third horizon. Alright, so you're gonna, as you play the game, you're going to gain experience points. I personally would not use this list, but we are covering what the book says. Okay. I would, I would steal Palladium system. please. So how do you get experience points? For every question you answer yes to, you get one. Did you participate in this session? No. Then you don't get one. Not for that. <laughs> Did you overcome a difficult challenge to help your crew to reach its current goal? I literally worked really hard not doing anything today. Okay, then, then zero. Uh, well, so, yeah. Did you put yourself or your crew at risk because of your personal problem? Yes, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything. So yeah, obviously I did because I didn't help at all. <laughs> you get so, one experience points for not doing one That's so far. Let's let's keep going. Uh, I did can, you I be a winner here? Did you learn something new about yourself or another PC? Yes. By not doing anything, my ears were open the entire time. Did you sacrifice or risk something for your PC buddy? Pass. <laughs> did you act in accordance with your icon? It depends. Do I have an icon of sloth or laziness? No, of dancing. Of actually, wait a minute, hold on. I think you're, that's the opposite of you. Hold on, that was uh, two pages up, if I remember correctly. Where's the dancer? Uh, you have, uh, dancer represents a bond form. You knew, uh, da -da -da. Oh, inspiration and perseverance. Well, you persevered by not doing anything. Yeah. You'd have to reach for that. Yeah, I'd that, say that, no. That'd be a hard sell. So yeah. far, I got two. I, I, every day, I can just sit there, do nothing. As long as I don't speak and keep my ears open, I get two points. There you go. <laughs> the GM has the last say on how many XP each PC gets. Oh, damn it. There's always a backdoor crushing thing coming in. Damn it. After the experience points have been handed out, you're free to change relationships with other PCs. Because as you grow as characters uh, throughout, throughout, I mean, you can use the group dynamics thing of was it forming, storming, norming, uh, yeah, forming, storming, norming, performing, journeying. You can uh, you can use those phases of group dynamics in here and be like, you know, what? I thought Heathen Dog was cool, but all he does is he sits down in the back, takes his meth and shakes in the back. No, this dude needs help. I'm changing the relationship with him. No, we're going to get him some help. But when you've gathered five experience points, you can take an advance. I, I hate, I don't know. I, I remember reading that before saying that's dumb. Take an advance. That sounds like borrowing. Then yeah. Why do I need five experience points if we're going to have an advance? I have five already. Right? Uh, you can spend five experience points to learn a new talent or raise okay. a skill. 
take that, an advance. That is that is a really really bad phrase. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll go past but it. I it just, maybe you know in Swedish it sounds cool. Yeah, it might. <laughs> it might. Uh, when you've Who taken knows? your when you've taken your advance, raise five XP uh, and start getting new ones. When you've got another five XP, you can take a new advance. <sighs> All right, you're free to save XP as long as you like before using them. So you can bank a hundred if you really wanted to. I don't think so because I think uh, the XP is on the character sheet and there's only so many boxes. Well, you can go past those boxes, sir. No, you Un can't. If unlike radiation, you can't do it. Okay, I'm not. Enough. I'm not letting players bank up to a hundred. What is that? What are you, an idiot? No, because I'm, they'll hit a situation like at the beginning of an adventure, they have like fifty experience points banked. It's like, oh no, we're we're gonna do a lot of fighting in this. Oh really? Okay, I got I got five and everything. No, you do this at the end of a session. It specifically says at the end of the session, do at this at the end of the first session. Oh, there's gonna be a lot of fighting. Okay, then I'm gonna so, get fives and everything. Ha <laughs> ha! Suck it, chump. Fair enough. Uh, changing Jedi. Changing your reputation. Your reputation in the horizon can be changed by actions you take in the game. This is decided after the session when XP are handed out. If you've done something generally considered good and heroic, your reputation is increased by one. If you've done something generally considered evil or destructive, your reputation is decreased by one. Now, this next one, I've seen a lot of Coriolis players or game masters change. Your reputation can never go below zero. I've seen people, I've seen, there's a homebrews out there where people actually have infamy. If it or goes they, negative, it becomes yep. infamy. Yeah. Yep. So, but your reputation is publicized. All right. So where are we now? Remember, now? if you are an assassin, which you can be, your whole group could be a group of assassins. Yep. You want your reputation ideally to be zero because you don't want to be noticed going in and out of places. That's not fun for you. The worst assassin in the world, you know, walks into a bar and everyone says, hi, Bob. No. <laughs> Bob the assassin. Yeah, hey, you're, you're, Hi, Bob. No, hey, you you're the guy that. known as Darkstalker, aren't you? <laughs> Bob the Darkstalker, killer of children and women. No, you and don't want that. You don't want that rep, okay? You don't need it. All right, continue. Now, we're to the character classes. Or, sorry, the... Uh, concepts. Concepts, thank you. Artist, icons live through poetry, songs, and books. You've dedicated your life to that of fleeting moments of iconic beauty that your art creates you know that no culture is stronger than its art and you've and you intend to make sure the third horizon is remembered for something other than chaos war and destruction okay this is perfect for my character who is addicted to space math okay so concept. then pick do you want your do you want to be a courtesan a musician or a poet oh either a musician or poet because they are riddled with drug addiction so that'll be perfect let's I'll, go poet I'll you go, seem like I'll a poet poet I'll go with poet because I can be a little fagula and it's okay because I can wear a shawl because it's my icon and it's fine. Your words are your art and they stir strong emotions in your audience. You might be a salter serving a church of the icon, a street poet, a border space singer, or a tarab from Algo. Goal. Algo. I don't know what a tarab is. I don't, I don't know what any of those are. It's like half the words on there. I'm like, I've heard of Salter before, but I've never actually used it in a sentence, I think, until now. So, so reputation is plus one. Notice in a oh. lot, of, lot of games, artists have negative reputations because, you know, the lowest caste of society. Well, in this one, they get a bump in reputation. Nice. Your key attribute is empathy. Oh, crap. We didn't talk about key attributes. Uh, you can, means you can have a six. Right, right. Uh, they're they're uh, like, like in all, and not all, but many of the other games from this system. Uh, your 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 concept will deter will determine your 
main attribute, very much like D&D where fighter strength, thief, dex, whatever. And during character creation, that attribute can be higher than the others because obviously it's a focus of your concept. You would have spent more time building that before you start the game, you know, in your backstory. So it makes sense. Sorry, I keep confusing Forbidden Lands. Uh, key attribute, you can have a five because you, you can spend, you can have between two and four for your other attributes, but your key attribute can be a five. It's not a six. So, um, all right. So where are we? Do, 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 down here. We're talking about the artist. All right. So the artist gets, uh, what do we say? So you pick poet. So that means your four concept skills and your concept skills are the ones where you can raise to three at character generation. After that, you can raise your skills how you want. At character generation, you can have manipulation, culture, dexterity, and infiltration. Perfect. Perfect. Manipulation and culture outstanding gets mm -hmm. me more drugs and, and money and and money it's great money for drugs get more drugs get more money get more drugs it's perfect it's perfect, perfect. now this culture will probably be more seedy more like streetwise well but, yeah it helps me get drugs what are you yeah. <laughs> all right let's look over here your appearance appearance you can choose that's just uh, that's uh con ideas now you Get a choice of three talents. You only can pick one, but you can pick beautiful, defensive, or seductive. Unfortunately, beautiful. we're not going to. Okay, that's bio sculpting. Don't care. Beautiful. Okay. All right. So write that down so when we do talents next week, we can make sure we look that one up. Please. Oh, okay. I don't have a pencil right here. Oh. Well, we'll just remember you were supposed to be beautiful. Maybe chat will remember you were supposed to be beautiful. Supposed to be. Maybe chat will remember you were supposed to be beautiful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, over defensive and seductive. I mean, right, obviously right. the courtesan is going to take seductive, right? You know, you don't have to. But... All right. Sure. Personal problem. You get very jealous when others succeed. You're insanely nope. stubborn. Never give up. Nope. A faction you have somehow angered nope. is out to get to. Yeah, we space already man. know that. Yeah, yeah, spaceman. <laughs> Relationship to others. These are just examples to get you started. Yep. Pick your own yep. gear. Now, do you want a hand fan or a tabula? No. I don't know what the uh, to pick one. one the, yeah, I don't either. I, I'm hoping a tabula is actually like a, a note pewter, but I don't know off the top of my head. Hang on, let me let me check. You have this book? Nope. Oh. Uh, allows you to extract. No, no, that's not it. Tabula. Okay, dictionary. Got it. English meaning a doublet of table. A plate or frame on which a title or inscription is carved, a table, index, or list of data, a legal record, a writing tablet. Writing tablet. We're going to go with that. That, that might tablet. be what it is. I mean, I can look it up in here, but uh, okay. So, so you're going to pick the writing tablet or the hand fan? Well, I've already picked beautiful, right? Yeah. I don't want to pick any of those. I want, I want to pick. No, no, you had, no, no, you get one of one of these. Which one do you want? Okay. Uh, tabula. Okay, you, you, you'll you have money, remember, based on what you pick, plebeian, stationary, whatever, you'll have money to buy stuff. Okay, do you want an Opor, which I have no clue, Opor, which I have no clue what that is, or an environment scanner? Okay, uh, the Opor is... Uh, doesn't say, that's great. There's a, it's a verb. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna, oh no, there's a noun. Uh, plural of Opora. It is 
I still don't know. Okay. I still that's, don't know what right. that is. I mean, yeah. I, I'm looking at it and I don't understand. So uh, the book it. will describe environmental it. Environmental scanner. No, just stop doing it. Uh, tabula, environmental scanner, exquisite clothing. I already got, I already got beautiful. So rare collection well, you need of this. poems. Perfect. And memoirs of Maisel. I don't know what that's on. What standing reservation, standing reservation, obviously. Now, is this a resort or a restaurant? I don't know. I have no idea, but uh, <laughs> out, stand, standing re reservation at my local drug den. That, that could be my drug <laughs> There you den. go. There you go. All right. So that's that's the artist. Uh, we're, again, we're not going to do oh, oh, Ron. Ron says uh, Oprah is a drug. Oh, oh then I got that. Well, then there's I your space that. meth. There's space meth right there. There's my space meth. Perfect. All right. Data spiders. We got it. Yeah, you're a data spider carefully weaving complex net of data gathered from the most obscure sources. You're a researcher. You might not be the sharpest dresser, have the single or have a single burr to your name, but you have information. Information is power. Uh, looking at yeah, it real you know quickly. What, you know what you can't do? Eat information. Uh, it's fair, but you can get information so that you can get paid to eat. Yeah, but where'd all where'd all the money go before? Obviously, you burned it somewhere. Space meth. <laughs> analyst corresponder datagen here are your you get no bonus or minus to your uh reputation wits is your key attribute and those are your concepts uh concept skills and i'll pause on this just a little bit so you can see what they are but we're not going to go through them right now and gear all right what's next the fugitive okay he looks let's just let's young let's and tattooed well no we, we're, we're gonna look at all of them just over oh, overview of all of them criminal mystic mystic what you are on That's the run fake one right no read that read that because it's okay. got to be it's got to be some kind of flim flam man you're on the run stigmatized and possibly being tracked your past life is gone now you're a prisoner to nightmares and the crippling anxiety over what trouble your powers will cause next your powers yeah Remember, there's magic in the game. Or well, psionics, or however you want to. Or super psionics, yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. Or you can be a revolutionary. Reputation, yeah, minus two, because everybody hates you. Yeah, yeah, you're a criminal, dude. What do you want? I mean, look at this. Revolutionary, criminal. Criminal, criminal. Mystic, eh, criminal. <laughs> That's why you're a fugitive. Yeah. And here are your, if you can see those on the screen, those are your skills. What gear do you start with? Uh, anonymous clothing. Ooh, anonymous clothing. Okay, no, that's that's a, that's a disguise. I like the disguise. Okay, or a tag with five hundred extra five hundred bucks. Protective clothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure anonymous clothing costs less than five hundred bucks. Why is this here? Five hundred bucks, man. I'll take the money. Yeah, I'm going to give you a gift card to Best Buy. No, you're not. You're going to give me money. You're going <laughs> to give me money. So you can get five hundred bur protective clothing, a Vulcan carbine, an exo shell. And yeah, fake identity. There we go. I'm ready yeah. to go. Uh, I mean, this is easy. I mean, th this is the easiest. Uh, would you rather in the game? That's now, not even a, not even a choice. You do have to start with mystical powers in order to have mystical powers. No, no kidding. Really? So, are you serious? I'm. Just, you know, somebody might. Okay. All right. Negotiator. This is your diplomat type character. Yep. Should be a little easier to figure out. Agitator, diplomat, peddler. Plus one reputation, empathy, sure. and those are your skills down there. There, let me scroll in for people who need to. Uh, talents, faction standing. Oh, look at this. What's CYB? We haven't looked at CYB yet. Cover your butt. Duh. <laughs> cover your butt. Or cybernetics. Oh, cybernetics. Oh, with cover your butt with cybernetics. Okay. Yes, you can cover your butt. Lie detector. There you go. 
There it is. Uh, and the gear that you can start with. Remember, just pick one from each row. Right, right. All right, let's go to the next one. Operative. This is for your, you know, in, your infiltrator. Agent. Your ninjas. This is your, your Arab ninjas. Space Bond. You can be spy, a guardsman, or guardswoman, because that clarification was important. Or assassin. And okay. agility, of course, because you can be doing a lot of range combat sure, and reputation sure. zero. And those are your skills that uh, the spy, of course, would want data gen because you're going to hack into those computers, get information, use that uh, information. Manipulation, because, you know, James Bond, right? Yeah. Infiltration to actually get places. And you're going to want to shooty shoot people. So those are some that's pretty true. good skills. Yeah. for. I mean, that, that's all easy. You know, steal information, get some strange. You know, and uh, get in, get out, shoot them up. You can be licensed. I'm a licensed assassin. I have to pay taxes and everything. But yes, but health plan. well, you also can carry arms and weaponry without getting in trouble. Yeah, but if I'm an assassin, not a, no, no, no. I'm a general spy. If I'm not an assassin, then yes, I would want to carry concealed carry stuff. But if I'm an assassin, I don't want you to know I'm carrying anything. That's licensed to point. kill, baby. Uh, also, Secret Service. You know that's true. Yeah, and there's your gear. Poison five cricket. doses. What's that? A Vulcan cricket. It's a gun. It's a gun. Are you sure? Is it? Is it like Men in Black? The noisy cricket. That would I don't, be bad. I don't know. That's that's a prank. Uh, pilot. Perfect. Obviously, we should know what pilots do. But you can be a freighter pilot, fighter, uh, fighter pilot, or a driver. If you're playing something, you know, if you want to drive that golf cart all a uh, golf cart all around Coriolis because you're staying on Coriolis, you know, with your little like they do at the airport, they're like eh, eh, get on my way because you're standing my way. You can do that. I mean, ideally, you wouldn't be on Coriolis, you'd be on a planet, but I get it. Zero-G training? Sure. Exospecialist? And, oh, a cybernetic of a targeting scope. I bet you it doesn't put a worm in your eye. Hopefully not. <laughs> that would be ideal. No worm. And there's your gear. I think we have two more, if I remember correctly. Okay. Preach. Oh, no, we got more than two more. Preacher. I forgot about the preacher. Remember, religion is an important thing. Yep. So do you want to be an ascetic, a missionary, or a prophet? Pick pick one to read. We'll read one of these. Ascetic, uh, missionary, prophet. or prophet. Prophet. Okay. They're really annoying. You have seen the icon's faces or creatures from beyond the darkness. And the Likely people must that. know. You are a revivalist preacher, a flagellant, one of Alam's dance masters, or maybe a Segoy shaman. A whole bunch of sure. words I have no clue about. Reputation plus one because religion is incredibly important. Empathy, yes. of course, because you know that's the attribute that gets people's emotions. And the prophet oh. is force, so it means you're strong. That's interesting. Culture, I, I have to, I have to beat the message into them. Well, that isn't fighting though. That's just moving shit. Oh, that's like moving I a have, boulder, pushing stuff. I have to, I have to move the word of God into their. I don't know. I got nothing. It's like you're a bag lady or a cart lady. There you go. <laughs> I'm um, going to carry all my stuff because I'm kicked out of all the places I go. <laughs> there you go. Talents, blessing, faction standing, or talisman maker, because, you know, the evil eye is a thing. Obviously, blessing, duh. And then you could have blessed scripture, talisman, reliquary. What is, a thurb what is that? Thurble? Thur Where is that? Thurble? I don't, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Thurible. How do you spell that? T H U R I B L E. It is originated in 1400s, late Middle English. Uh, it is a censer. 
Okay, it's a, one of those little uh, smoky on the chain things. Oh, that it's the okay. Throw out. Yeah. Why can't you just call okay. it a sensor? But you know, hey, whatever. Because that's that's the English word, and they wanted to it. use the the non English word. So you can be a scientist who has actually put that wrench into too many electrical outlets. It looks like yeah. either that or he's related. She's related to Doc Brown. I don't know. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hey, good. And from there, you can be an archaeologist. You can be a medicurg, medicurg which is, of course, your doctor or a technician. And uh, every, I want everyone to like me, so I'll take the doctor. Uh, you work you don't screw over your doctor. You work with healing and, impro- and improving people. Impro- you're a cyber doctor. Oh, doc, that's dude. also cybernetics. That's good. I'm a cyber doc, too. Physically as well as spiritually. Nope, not you. Oh, damn it. You could, you could be a biosculptor on Ozone Plaza, a Samaritan with the Order of Pariah, or perhaps a field medic with the Legion. And metacurgy, manipulation, observation, science. Manipulation is your psychology skills. So there you go. Okay. So I can uh, trick people into, into getting worms in their eyes. Awesome. You could be a field medic. You could be a, a, a tech. Or you could come from a wealthy family. So that's, you know, you're the wealthy that, Asian. That, you're the wealthy Asian kid. Talent. Okay, stop. Stop. All right. You're, you're taking privilege a little too far. Just because you got lucky to be born in a wealthy family doesn't mean that's one of your talents. It starts you off with the game. Remember, these things are just tweaks. So it starts yeah. you off the game. If I remember correctly, wealthy family starts you off the game with extra money. I don't yeah, think it has lingering. Explain talents earlier in the book. It was gifts in in certain type of skill, and being uh, born yes, to a wealthy tricks. family. Uh, I mean, we can re- we can we can read that. Well, let's read it again. This page is at forty seven. I don't remember where talents were, but it was before all of this. 47. Couldn't you just type in 47? And talk? Well, no, that was page 47. I don't know page. Oh, okay. I can do this, though. Although my computer does not like to Skip. catch up. Oh, there are a lot. Oh, shit. Okay. There you go. Oh. Yep, let me zoom out because I can find a character concept, reputation, attributes. So it's going to be right after skills, talents. Ooh. talents. Talents are tricks. Cheats and abilities that give you an edge over others. Having more money gives you an edge over others. They are more yeah, specialized in skills. Trick, cheat or an ability. I mean, it's none of those things. It's just circumstances. It's a, che- it's a cheat. It's a cheat. No, it's uh, not cheating. They are more specialized in skills and are a way to figure or further detail your PC. Yeah, but it's not a skill. It, it's, it's, it can't. Okay, never mind. You know what? Move on. Move on. I, I have a problem with that. You're way too just, pedantic about certain terms. No, you really be, are. Be, because of the way words are defined. I have a problem with that. All right. Go the, ahead. No, the game just defined them right there. Yeah, incorrectly. But all right. 47. Yep. I'm almost there. Okay. Then we'll go to 48, which is a ship worker. Ooh, ship worker. Which is... That's Jim the Bosun. <laughs> That's a Jim. Deckhand, deck worker, engineer, minus one. Why? Because you're just a laborer. You're just a bum. You're, I'm a deckhand. Deckhand, definitely. Strength. Oh, you want me to read that one? Um, it's the little things that make sure a spaceship and its crew can function, and you work with just those little things. You're a captain's aide, a chef, a master deckhand, or maybe a janitor on a spaceship. Space Probably janitors! Yep. Probably all of them. If anybody has not watched that, it's old as hell now, but go watch Space Janitors. Yep. Um... Who who put that out? It wasn't a Comedy Central. Who who put that out? It's just an well, indie was, thing, but Yeah, yeah, it was a long time ago. I forget. Uh anyway, uh exospecialist, tough zero G training, because you're gonna have to go well, outside and you know fix ooh, crap. ooh, tougher zero G. That is mm, we'll look at him next week. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a toss up. 
gear, you know, hyper duh. rope, vacuum sealer. Nope, vacuum sealer. That's it. Vacuum okay. sealer, uh, power glove. Uh, don't know what those two words are. I don't need uh, exo loader. Exo loader. I'm 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 the male Ripley. Yes, you are. That's it. Hyper rope or Dura knife. I don't know what a hyper rope is. It sounds cooler than a Dura knife, but a Dura knife, I think, would last a long time if the name means anything. I mean, hyper rope, man. I'm going to go hyper rope just for funsies. Okay. Now we got the soldier. I think we can all figure out what soldiers do, right? Yep. You can be a mercenary, a legionnaire, a mercenary, an officer. Uh, officer. Legionnaires like an enlisted man, mercenary, you get paid to fight, officer, you got more leadership stuff. Yep. Reputation is minus one, though. That's weird, though. Because, no, again, religion, art, culture is important in this game. Not shooty shoots. And everybody's pissed off from the last war. People nobody no, people don't want you don't want your uh, bloody nonsense. Um cybernetic uh, muscles, that's not even don't even read the other ones. That the other that's that's not even a choice. Come on. Combat Stop. veteran. If this is like no. the normal one, this is a uh initiative bonus. Hey, you, you know what's really easy? An easy way to become a combat veteran? Never lose a battle with your cyber muscles. There you go. All right. Yeah, okay. When we look at cybernetics. I don't want you to be too okay, disappointed. Heavy armor, duh. Not even, not even hard. Vulcan carbine, not even hard. Frag grenade. We already got cybernetic muscle. So frag grenade, co command unit or advanced scope command unit, uh, communicator or med kit. Communicator. It's the doctor's job to hold the damn med kit. Come on. Right tool for the right job, people. And trailblazer. I think this is the last one. Trailblazer. So you can be a colonist, a prospector, or a scout. Prospector, I'm looking for gold. Call me Yukon Cornelius. I can baby. picture you with a big beard down to exactly. here. Your your hat, your overalls, your pan. Get ready yep. to go. Uh, ever the seeker of new worlds and new riches. For you, there are always new expeditions to be planned. You could be a colonial agent, an asteroid walla. What? Okay, a ro a robber digger, <laughs> robber digger, or perhaps a nomad. I don't know. I Being called robber a robber digger, digger means grave digger, a grave robber. Yeah, I think it's Grave Robber. We'll I go mean, with technically it. it's underground, right? So technically, you're prospecting for loot. Wits. Uh, you pick products so you can be a pilot, because of course you got to find the stuff. Technology, because you have to be able to get to the stuff. Science, so you can understand the mineral excavation of the planet. Right. And so those are actually some pretty dang good skills. Are, that's all around good skill choices. I yeah. like that a lot. I like the prospector. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's be prospectors. Boom. Uh, all right. So what can you get? Well, weatherproof. Weatherproof. Oh Sorry, man, the name of it just makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah, you're you're covered in cellophane apparently. <laughs> I'm a water resistant. Yep. Yep. Uh, nine lives. Uh, that sounds like it could be important. Or rugged. No, nine rugged lives or rugged. I'm not rugged sure what just they both do. It. Come on. I, I'm not gotta sure go with rugged, do, but it's probably gonna be rugged. You Probably. gotta have that old look. You're only 30 yeah. years grizzled. old, but you look like you're 75. You grizzled. There you go. Yeah, just say grizzled. All right, and then the gear. Recon drone. Right, here we go. Here we go. Recon drone. Recon drone. Uh Dura axe or Vulcan carbine. Dura axe doesn't doesn't take bullets. Five five M doses. I don't know what that is. Or a database. I don't know what five M doses. I'm gonna take it because it's funny. Waterproof. Get out of here. Exo shell. Done environmental scanner yes compass i don't care where i am i care where the <laughs> loot is environmental scanner how hard is that 
and guess what? You can always buy a compass. Exactly. Poof, is that the last one? That was the last one. All right, we went through all. That is the process for creating a character. Next week, we're going to cover skills, talents. I think it's just skills and talents. Let me go. uh, Hold on. Let's go up here. There it is. We're going to cover skills and talents. It's just two. Normally, it was three. Yep. But we don't have any mutations or anything weird to worry about, except for, well, they follow their talents. And I'll have the dice for you next week as well, uh, just so you guys can see what the dice, how they work. How they but roll. You're, okay. Yeah, well, you're going to see that with skills anyway. But skills and talents, again, it's going to be kind of long, but we'll get through it. Talents are going to be more fun. We're not going to read them all, but skills also talks about how to actually roll the stuff, praying to the icons and so forth. So while he's just like, oh, that's only, what, 14 pages? It's 14 dense pages. Copy that. But thank you for putting up with this time here. Again, if you actually want to see the process, step, <coughs> excuse me, step by, I'm choking, uh, step by step of character creation, I have a character creation video. Hopefully I put it in the description below or in a card above or something like that. Uh, I'll get that in the playlist. But uh, all right, Heathen Dog, show us some questions before people like subscribe and share. Okay. Well, we got Halcyon saying, I was young and needed the money. That doesn't count. We, we were talking about, yep. yeah, you know what we were talking about. All right. Uh, Rex Steele says, I like that free league games have that style, the artwork. Uh, it would help kick off a sandbox game without making players feel aimless, which people seem to. Oh, no, no. The, the, yeah, yeah. the opening where you're in debt. You have to make money right away. I get it. And concept. Yeah, yeah I, I get it, but I, I just think it's lazy. Oops. That's Why am I still sharing here? I have no idea. All right. Uh, per says, uh, artwork, boy, they start their soldiers young. That was the, the, the kid <laughs> well, in kind of clothes. I mean, yeah. I don't know how the Arabs do it, but if it's based off Africa. Crafty says, sorry, it's been a little in and out today. Power-wise, hurricane and all. Yes. And uh, How's has... that sound? What I'd like to know is the hurricane with the winds and the sand in the area. I know it's not a direct desert, but it's no. desert-ish. And as somebody who's lived in New Mexico and Kuwait, if those winds, the wet winds kicked up, it turned into this brown, muddy haze. It was just weird. Oof, that's gross. Um, Halcyon said, uh, oh, hold me now, tiny dancer, Elton John. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, 1970. You know, you're saying a lot about yourself today, Halcyon. I mean, Elton John, the previous comments. I'm just saying. <laughs> there uh, he also says, no ship doctor. We found the doctor. We found him. And he's alive. He's well. Just say you need, need a character with a Medicare skill. Yeah. And then he said, damn it, Jim. <laughs> Don't talk to my bosun like that. And uh, Fladley says, uh, drugs are bad, okay? No, they are not. They are not bad un- until you, abuse you can't them. get any more. <laughs> then they're bad. But they're great as long as you got more. Oh, he just turned PG-18. <laughs> oh, yeah, the wind's picking up again, flexing his windows. Well, yeah, you guys aren't built. You don't have double pane or anything out there. Yeah, you? your, uh, your, your construction did not have hurricanes in mind. Did not. And that's it. Right. Uh, this sounds like any other space hopper game with all the equipment. Oh, yeah, but you don't know what the equipment is because it's renamed. It's it's all it's all Arabic based instead of Latin, French, English based, like we're used to. So you'd have to look it all up. Of course, well, the, you might fail like I did. I have still have no idea. Well, what the the book is. does describe them, but yeah, that is one thing to to maybe I should make a little bit more clear for people who come in late or or don't watch the whole video. 
The game is Arabian Nights in Space. Think Firefly, just change all the Chinese to Arabic. That that's okay. that's really the easy way to to think about it. Um, and yeah, I would throw that out as well. I would say censor, not whatever that word is that he looked up, because I'm going to be sitting at a table of probably Americans to talk about it. But if you are good at uh, evoking those kind of themes, then I suggest you go with it. I'm not. I you know I even like I said, I lived in Kuwait for a year. I still could not evoke these themes properly if you can go for it i would just turn it kind of like heathen dog took out goth from mage the ascension yeah and made it and vampire yeah well and vampire and just made i mean still played by all the rules of the game but took yeah, that it's still theme dark out. gritty all that stuff but it wasn't whiny and bitchy and yeah. and uh, self-flagellation and cutting and all that stuff like get the hell out of here i would Either, take the arabicness out of this game yeah toughen up or kill yourself that's all i gotta say so all right, well, thank everybody for watching. Once again, like, subscribe, and share. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you about skills and talents next week. All, All right. right. I'll be back in just a second. Okay. You know, while you do that, here, I'll pull my shorts on so people don't cry again. <laughs> I'll see if I can find my Coriolis dice. Uh, I have a lot of bags of dice. That's a spell. Yeah, I'm not going to go through them all right now to try to find it. I'll, I'll have my Coriolis dice next week. But uh, the cards here actually have like the positions on there. So let's say you take the pilot position. So the actions that you can do, it talks about the actions you can do. You can advance a retreat. You can get a better position. You can use evasive maneuver. You can ram and you can even do boarding. Wait, that's a pilot. Yeah, because you want the pilot to get this ship in the right position for that. Um. It's got icons on here, so let's see if we can... Uh, what was his? His was the dancer, right? Dancer. Merchant. Uh, deckhand, deckhand, deckhand. Oh my god. Lots of deckhands. Where are all these? Lady of Tears. Okay, I can't find his dancer. Okay, I must have missed it. Oh, there's the dancer. Uh, so, a chance encounter. I'll have to look up what that is later. Passion, so the, uh, I have to see how to use these things again. I thought it actually talked about what happens if you're born under that sign. Apparently it does not. Got some NPCs on these cards. Yeah, I'm flipping through the cards. By the way, these original cards from Free League, the one that come with Mutant Year Zero and the ones that come with Coriolis are actually the smaller European-style cards. Every game, I think, after this uses the real size cards like you'd find for Magic the Gathering and so forth. But these are actually a smaller set, so I had to get sleeves of a different size. So. so, he says, look at this. This is for you, not for me. What's that? Hot take. I love New West. Robot horses, Area 51, Sam's, glitter mounts, and leyline trains are fun. No, they're not. They're ridiculous and stupid. I, what, what were leyline trains again? I don't... I, oh. I, I, I checked out halfway through the book, to be fair. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, like I said, my, my issue... I, I don't know why I feel like we have to say this like every episode. No, my issue with New West is the fact that I just... Again, it gets that whole you thing... Yeah, I, yeah, I'm already I'm already not into westerns, so th that is the first thing. I don't like Deadlands. I know a lot of people love the game. It's not my thing. It's it's okay as a game. It's not for me. Um, 
I, Firefly, he was the one that made me watch Firefly years after it had already gone off. It was right before the Serenity movie came out when I went to, uh, when I was living in Japan. Finally convinced me to watch it. I don't I don't like westerns. But if I see a cyborg walking in with chaps and a and a you know some straw hanging out of his mouth and a and a cowboy hat going this way, I'm sh- I'm leaving the table. <laughs> like, like it's just not for this place me. Place is a clown show now. So, yeah, yeah. For, and that, that's just you know again that's that's my take on that. But I understand why people do like it because to be fair, riffs is tropey. That's just one of the tropes that I'm not a fan of. So I get it. Talking about tropey and riffs, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I'll let you, uh, you know, have a couple second pause from when I stop talking, but I'm just going to let you start. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first video for the Riffs Lone Star World Book number 13. And I got to tell you right now, out of the three Western books, Lone Star, New West, and Spirit West, Lone Star is pretty much hands down the best overall book. I'm going to tell you why right after this. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of Hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Show stream where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. Okay. Rift's Lone Star. What is it? Well, in a nutshell, it is the coalition states unearthing one of the greatest finds in the last 300 plus years, which is the Lone Star Complex. I'm going to I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but first this book is about the entire area of very northern Texas. A lot of the places in Texas, uh, in, in northern Texas, did not fare so badly in the cataclysm. You're far away from water. It's not tectonically active. I mean, you still had some, some bad stuff happen. There are no volcanoes there. So a lot of the infrastructure stayed. And so a lot of the humans who survived the initial uh, Earth's rumbly bumblies got to live. And so there are people there, frontiersmen, really. So let's let's check that out right now. We're going to go to page 12 first, so I can give you some good background info. This is the northern quadrant, and that it is, there should be a map here, right here. Pretty much that, right there. 
That's that's the area we're talking about. That's actually what the CS controls. They claim all of that. Well, they claim the world. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they claim that, but there's no protecting that. It's 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 this. All right, that's what they actually control. But maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Start here. The northern quadrant of the coalition state of Lone Star covers the high plains of northern Texas. It is a long, tabletop, flat, featureless expanse of grass broken by patches of dust. Mile after mile, the flatlands look the same and never changing. Only the occasional CS outpost or city rises on the horizon. Now, it, it talks about the area. The area is good for two things. One, grazing cattle. Horses, stuff like that. That's what it's good for. Two, the Lone Star military complex, which I read this entire entire introduction twice. It doesn't say why the CS was there. It is difficult to just say, oh, well, Emperor, the Emperor is right here, right? Mm -hmm. I'm in Chicago. And I'm going to go all the way over here just for shits and giggles. No, you're not. Somewhere in in the in the NEMA ar uh, annals or archives, whatever, they found the location of the Lone Star military complex. And the, em the God Emperor of Humanity, Prosec, sent a whole bunch of troops to go find it. Why? Because it's going to be awesome. And they were not wrong. Send your it hate comments awesome. to Heathen Dog. There you go. <laughs> so that's that's basically it. And uh, ancient ruins, thousands of cities and towns across the continent were obliterated because of, you know, they were on mountains or near volcanoes or, or lo and behold, near the coastline, which is where 80% of people in the world live. And during the cataclysm, the coastline was the worst place to be because everyone got to see what a tsunami really looked like up close. And it's the last thing they saw. However, many of the small cities and towns in central United States and Canada survived the Great Cataclysm with comparatively little physical damage. Like I said, the, the middle of the United States and a lot of places in Canada are geo and, tech, and, and tectonically inactive. They don't have any magma pools underneath, you know, outside of Yellowstone, stuff like that. So if, if you're in the, the central east portion of, uh, of U.S., you're pretty tectonically stable. There's no tsunami that's going to reach you. You made it through the cataclysm. Good job. And then there were the plagues and the winter and all that stuff, which you may not have made it through, but you had a leg up than everybody else. Uh, it talks about the old highways and the and because the cities were relatively unscathed, there were people, survivors who would gather in cities. But most 90% of the cities failed anyway. Even if they were relatively undamaged, they failed because uh, of plague. They failed because they, they were not self-sufficient. They failed because they took in too many refugees and then collapsed. You know, that, that happens. You know, if, if you're a Democrat, you say, no, it's just going to make our better. No, it's, sometimes you just don't have enough for everybody and your whole collapse, whole society collapse. It happens. But some of them actually survived. And these are the denizens of the, the northern territories of Texas. And the CS came in and said, hey, guys, you're, you're part of the Coalition of Humanity now. Good job. They were like, all right. <laughs> they didn't care. They, they didn't care at all. 
as long as you don't take their land or take their sheep or they take took their, their jobs, you know, take their jobs, then they don't care, dude. And guess what? The CS doesn't care about anything but the Lone Star military complex. And that doesn't affect anyone. Why? Let's find out. This is the Lone Star complex right here. What's What city is that in modern day Texas? Do you know? Is that Amarillo? Uh, I think so. I think I think. Oh, no, Amar so. no, Amarillo's north, but that's okay. fine. It's, it's not that big. Oh, of a deal. Amarillo's right here. Yeah, Amarillo's yeah. right here. But no, it'll it'll say it'll say when we get there. Waco, Lone Star City, suck it. Lone Star Complex. Here we go. Oh wait, L Lone Star City's right next to it. Uh, sprung up around the Lone Star Complex. Oh no, it it was it wasn't there before. Okay, Lone Star Complex. The Lone Star Complex was discovered in '68, PA, by a geological survey team using sound echoes to search for oil. Oh, here it is, and natural gas deposits. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, the, the the God Emperor sent his people down to look for resources. Black gold, Texas tea. Black gold, some Texas tea. That's right. Trying, and instead they found this this giant underground complex. And when I say giant, thirty square miles. Whoa. Of underground complex. Is that bigger than Archie? Yes. Okay. Substantially. And we're going to see what they did there. 30 square the miles. Wow. Followed standard procedures and sent a full armored company inside. And what they find inside? Everything. The place was 99% done. It had manufacturing facilities that were pristine and had Samus variants already programmed into the computers. It had genetics laboratories. It had barracks. It had research station. It had it had uh, scientific analysis. It had libraries. It had a uh, history of the of the damn country. In it, Encyclopedia Britannica on steroids. Had it. This was a treasure trove of the past. And what did the emperor God Emperor do with it? He rightly kept it from everyone else why because they'll just hurt themselves they're not smart enough they're not good enough follow the leader okay that's the only way to live as a human in rifts remember that and because of this because of this find is the reason you have dog boys because the genetics lab was state of the art it was it was a 99% functional Right when the cataclysm fell. And you know what happened to this complex during the cataclysm? Guess. Nothing? Nothing. Good guess. Absolutely nothing. Beautifully pristine. They found three bodies in here. Apparently, it was everyone was rifted away or they all left for some reason, but three people stayed. Those they are the three people three... got fired the day before who came back to go postal and couldn't do it and took themselves out. Maybe so. But they, they've been long dead, obviously. You know, it's been 300 years. So they've been long dead. They, they, were, they, were, they were military men. You had, they, had North, they had U.S. military uniforms on. This was a U.S. military complex. But they were the only bodies found. No one's sure what happened to everyone else. But whatever happened, no one locked the computers. Everything was shut down. So the power systems were pristine. The, the, uh, the nuclear fuel was preserved. Sure, they this, didn't know rifts were coming. Maybe like, hey, something weird's maybe going they on. Let's... did. Someone did. I don't know. But this this place was was a perfectly pristine turnkey operation. It was absolutely beautiful, absolutely wonderful. But here comes the awesome thing. Here comes the here comes the dog boys. I'm going to show you the genetic engineering labs. Coalition states. Okay. 
Coalition State's genetically engineered dog boys, also known as dog packs or scihounds, are as recognized and notorious as the death's head armor and skelebots. These fur-covered humanoids with the body of a bipedal human and the head of a canine are the product of pre-rifts technology unearthed, reinstated, and improved upon by coalition scientists. Because coalition scientists get shit done. That's what happens. The dogs have proven to be ferociously loyal to their creators and dedicated to defending and protecting humankind. Okay, if you're going to make an animal-human hybrid, you don't want Planet of the Apes to happen, all right? You don't need that. You don't need them turning on you. Dogs are the way to go. The Emperor just hit a hole in one on this one. So did dog boys not exist before Lone Star? No. No. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they were part of the core game. Dog boys were were created from the the, uh, research and the facilities in the Lone Star Complex. Oh, okay. If you're going to make a human companion, you model it off of the greatest human companion in history, the dog. Cows. For over 15,000... What's that? Cows. No. For over <laughs> 15,000 years, dogs have been companions to humans, and that is burned into their DNA at this point which means you add a little human in there, you have the most loyal human with dog powers you could possibly ever imagine. And that's what happened. It was great. It was, it was the decision of a lifetime. Absolutely wonderful. And the dog boy has been a staple. I just told you why. He has been a staple in the, in the coalition ever since. Look at this. Look at this. The only mutant animal I approve of. <laughs> the only one. The science of creating dog boys has become an art executed to perfection with total success 99.6% of the time. You can barely get an appendectomy or 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 a, or a tonsil removal that's around 99.6% total success. You can't do it, but making a dog boy it's like going to the store. It's great. I love it. Best of all, they are extremely loyal to humans in general. 97.4% of the time, they will choose loyalty to humans. And the, hey, what, what and do they the do CS, the times? <laughs> the, well, the other times they attack you and are, and are put down like dogs. Dog boys can either be created and grown in, the, in this lab, which they were initially, or through mating, which they are done a lot now because mating is more is more cost effective if not time i guess if you're a dog boy that's not gross but to me that's gross yeah it's fair and uh yeah oh yeah here's the oh sideways dang it can't change it can't change orientation that sucks but just turn your head turn your head this way that way and uh you'll be able to see how a how a dog boy is grown See the little little pups. This looks like a rat, though. I don't like that too much. That's that's. Oh, here we go. And here is the the uh, the breeding <laughs> facility. Now it's very Aww. important to note: dog boys are not, or dog girls are not allowed to raise their own pups. They are taken to a, a CS breeding center, where they are raised by people who are <laughs> trained in raising these pups. You know, you don't just because you can be a parent doesn't mean you get to be a parent. No, 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 no. You have your litter. That's great. Good job. And now we take them. 
and take them to somebody who's qualified to raise them to be productive parts of the great coalition society. Which just makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. Ever since you started talking about dog boys, I've been double fisting cats over here. <laughs> well, that I don't know. You're you're trying to insult the dog boy. All right. Uh, most common breeds that each breed has its own special tweak, perk, power, whatever you want to call it. They're either better at sight, better smell, better trackers, uh, sense supernatural beings better, stuff like that. Each breed has its own quirk, but all of them are super useful and are your best friend. Average lifespan, 32 to 45 years. That's still really good. Really. I good. mean, that's well well more than a normal dog's, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, almost a, a factor. It depends on the size of the dog, but yeah. <clears throat> and what else we got? Uh, the nurseries and training program. We're not going to get into all that right now. But uh, we will in the next video when we get into the new RCCs, which are dog boy and and mutant animal variants. So we're, let's look at uh, well, well, before, right before we do that. I mean, were there vehicles in here or anything or is it just the science? It's the, the the Lone Star facility was a military facility, to be sure. And it had it had facilities to fabricate. Uh, mechs and stuff like that, but. It wasn't at, it wasn't anywhere near, you know, uh, working. I mean, it was 99% complete, but it wasn't complete yet. So they didn't have anything on, on standby. They had raw materials. They had all of the designs. They had the ability to make them, but they just hadn't done it yet. They hadn't flipped the switch. Okay. So, so the dog boys was the main thing that came out of this. Yes. The, the main okay. thing that came out of here, but it is, it is another facility to make Samus vehicles. You know, all the, all the flying death head armor vehicles, you know, so they had that. So Dorothy says, I've always liked the look of the Zidisic killer on the cover. Exidic's killer. Yes. Uh, you're you're going to like this, Max, because, you know, the CS is helping to liberate your homeland using mm. genetic engineering. Okay. And that that's an RCC we're going to get to in the next video. Sweet. Walter MC says, dog boys are in the OG Rifts book. This is just the origin. Okay. Yes. Your, your generic dog boy is in the original Rifts book from 92, 94, whatever it was. But uh, this this gives you more variants and it gives uh, the variants flavor. Nothing here for the dog boy variants are overpowered in any way. It's more just t uh, tweaks, quirks, perks, stuff like that. Nothing that, uh, that, that changes what a dog boy is or what a dog boy does. For some reason, Crafty's getting defenses. I swear, if you hear the hurt the dog boys, it's going to be problems. Yep. Yep. And you know what? The really cool thing, all CS handler, dog boy handlers, who are leaders of the dog boy pack, they are fiercely protective of, of, his, of his or her dogs. Fiercely. If one of them dies, he feels it just as if he was a pet. And then the last one, get off my keyboard. Is this feels like clones and Star Wars just more disturbing? Okay, um, I, it's nice you said that because the uh, the genetics facility also had cloning facilities in it, where you because obviously you need to splice the genes and then mass produce this uh, this life form that you created. You're going to need cloning facilities. Well, to do that, you need generic cloning facilities, which means you could clone people too. All right, that was all that I starred. 
Thank you. All right. Next time we will be going over the new RCCs and we will be looking at uh, dog boy variants and different mutant animal variants, which will get Max Liao just all hot and bothered. <laughs> and that's it. Hey. All right. Let me get to the right page. Are you going to talk about how uh, mutant characters are created? Well, yeah. When uh, okay, because I was going to ask the... you if there's bio points, but I'll ask that when. Oh when no, no, actually... there there is no bio points. We're not doing that. And your picture is that one. Yep. And like I said, give, give a couple seconds. A couple seconds. Spot pause and just start when you're ready. Death to Emperor. All right, everyone. This is oh, sorry. I got started again. I was I was looking at a comic because I didn't know when you were gonna be back. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. This is part two of looking at the Rifts Lone Star World Book number 13. And in this, we're going to get into dog boys and mutant animals. Remember, if you didn't watch the first section, first video, which you should have, bad, bad person, you sh you should know that the technology and idea of dog boys came from the Lone Star. Uh, military complex. So this is very important. It's core to the CS's identity and how they how they use mutant animals moving forward. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Chill Stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right. So we're going to talk about the dog boy. All right. This is says dog pack because, you know, I guess we're being inclusive now, but it's, it's, it's the dog boy RCC with, with some little quirks. It's, if you don't want to use this, you want to use the main riffs book dog boys. That's completely fine. Completely fine. They're not significantly different. It gives background. Uh, the, uh, the dog boy was made to supplement their ground troops along with skelebots in armed conflicts especially against supernatural foes because dogs are natural enemies of all supernatural creatures what does that mean it means they are more effective than other animals in fighting supernatural creatures you add in human dna to that you have a very effective combat unit if you're fighting things that are not from this world or magical in origin let me let me jump and in that, here cuz this question I normally normally wait till the end, but this question is very poignant to what you're talking about. Okay. Why would a pre-risk facility be preparing to make a mutant animal that could sense and track supernatural? Does his time traveler go back in time and organize the facility? I mean, is there, does it talk good. about why that was done? That, that is a good question, but I will counter that when there, there was no supernatural at that time, but the idea of making a mutant human animal hybrid you want to make it to something that is not going to rebel. It's, it's going to be loyal. A dog is going to be loyal. 
That was what they were aiming for pre-cataclysm. If you're going to mess with a dog and give it human traits, you don't want it to, you know, plan of the apes you and take over and then build a, you know, an ape society. No, you don't want that. You want to continue to live. To do that, you mix with dogs, humans and dogs. Dogs are very loyal. You have you have a dog with much more functionality, much more utility, and it it is almost 100% loyal to you all the time. That was the answer. And it was a great answer. The God Emperor knew what he was doing, like always. Again, send yeah, your hate to heathen dog. Yeah, that's right. They're used to track criminals, especially magic and sonic criminals, DB intruders, and supernatural menaces, as well as used as general police force. Remember, yes, they are very, very effective in finding and hunting and killing supernatural opponents. But they are also very effective at finding regular folk. Why? They're dogs. They hunt them down. They smell them down. It's going to be hard to get away from a dog boy uh, with, the, with the senses of a dog and the, mostly the intelligence of a human. Your tricks aren't going to work. All right? This, this guy is going to find you. And then you're going to get arrested. That's how it's going to work. All right, so special abilities of dog boys. Sense psychic and magic energy. Basically identical to the Psy Stalker, except you're not a stupid emo vampire wannabe. Uh, <laughs> like a bloodhound smelling a familiar scent, the Psy Hound can detect the presence of psychic energy, specifically fellow psychics, and magic energy. Uh, you detect the actual ISP and PPE. If it's 80 more points, you can just immediately smell it. So any leyline walker who's level 2 is probably going to get smelled out by a dog boy because he's going to have more than 80 points. The ability is constant automatic, just like the ability to see and smell. Doesn't there is no there's no cost for this. It's just part of their natural senses now. Well, that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> makes sense. I get what you did there. I All didn't right. want to do that. <laughs> I know. Uh it is a skill check. It is a skill check, but it starts off at 40 at 40%. So it's a pretty good check for something that you can do automatically and all the time. Uh, recognize psychic scent. It's possible for a dog boy to recognize a psychic scent of a specific race or monster, even a specific individual, if known by the Psyhound. If you've smelled this guy before, if you've successfully rolled your skill check to sense his PPE or ISP or whatever, you can now track a specific person. The range of that is uh, 50 feet plus 5 feet for each additional level experience. Uh, sensitivity of sonic and magic powers being used is 400 feet plus 50 feet. Wow. And per percentile dice, every roll percentile dice every 1,000 feet to see if the hunter is still on the trail. So every time you go 1,000 feet, you roll again, as long as they're within that, that, that range. So it's definitely or tactical level, close range. Yes. Yeah. yes. At first, you're going to follow by scent. And then when you get close enough, you can you can follow by psychic presence. And then you're just going to find them. Unless they're on like a jet or something, then they're going to get away. But other than that, you're, you're probably going to find them. Uh, sense supernatural beings. Identical to basic function and principle to the ability. Sense psychic magic energy. Except, uh, describe number one, except, except the mutant dog is more sensitive to the very distinct psychic scent of the supernatural. If the creature has supernatural strength, Super, or supernatural endurance, or both, or is by definition considered a supernatural creature, this is going to go off. 
The base skill is 62% per level experience to identify the specific type or race of paranormal creature. This ability also detect whether a person is possessed by a creature. Base skill at tracking by this scent is 35. 70 per level experience if the supernatural being is also using psionics or magic. Now, if uh, if someone is polymorphed, say a dragon is polymorphed into a person trying to walk into town. Number one, that is an expend that is a power being used. He's probably going to get found out by a dog boy. He is a supernatural creature, probably going to get sniffed out by a dog boy. Okay, so if you're gonna if you're trying to get by a dog boy, you don't want to be a polymorph supernatural creature. You're going to get caught. But dragons are so powerful. What's that? But dragon PCs are too powerful. Uh, dragon PCs are dragon hatchlings, so they're not going to be quite as powerful. And uh, once a dog boy sniffs you out, well, th you're... that's my that's my point. I mean, they're they're powerful, but they have a lot of weaknesses. Yes, yes, you're at a checkpoint. There's a lot of guns that can be trained on you at that point. Other psionic powers. Dog boy character automatically gets the following psychic sensitive powers: sense evil, sense magic, sixth sense, empathy, receiver only, plus the choice of one additional sensitive power. Psy bonuses. Dog boys are effectively master psionics with special wow. psionic sensitivity as described above and below. This means that the psyhound needs to roll a 10 or higher to save and has a bonus of plus one to save for a psionic attack and all forms of mind control. What kind of ISP do they have? Turn in the character's initial ISP, take your mental endurance as a base and roll 1d6 times 10 and add it. That's how much they have. And you get another 10 per level. Remember, you are a master psionic. You're, you're no joke. And you recover 12 per hour of meditation or sleep. Physical bonuses, because you're a human being, but you have aspects of an animal tied into your physicality, you get some bonuses. Plus two initiative, which is big. Plus one to strike, parry, and dodge. Plus two to save versus disease for, for a plus two versus possession. Uh, plus 1d4 to PE. Plus one plus 1d4 to PS. Plus 2d6 to speed. Remember, dogs are fast. Also, See optional character tables and notes on different breeds for other bonuses and consideration. That is an optional chart that your game master can roll if you want to be a specific breed of dog boy. Is it in have this that book? Be more than, it's in this book. Have yeah. that be more than flavor. Uh, dog boy physical endurance is twice that of the average human when it comes to resisting fatigue and lifting weight. That, that means that if a normal person can run this far without getting tired or making a check a dog boy can run twice as far if that means that a human of this strength can lift this much and carry it you can lift twice that much and carry it and here's the handler and here's his pack like i said fiercely loyal it's a pretty common I, i've seen of, that picture before yeah that's i think that's from the main book superior sense of smell i'm not going to read this this is obvious i mean dogs have have a have an amazing sense of smell and that correlates into recognizing sense and tracking. It gives you a percentage chance to do both track by scent, keen sense of hearing. Again, most dogs, I don't mean the, the, the dumbass 10 year old dog that you have at your house who can't hear or see anything anymore. No dog boys are, they, they last a lot longer. They, they can see and hear much, much better. Uh, the mutant canines can hear into a range of sound that can register sounds of 35,000 vibrations per second. Humans can only go up to 25,000 and it just, it's, it doesn't, it, it doesn't give you a lot, but it gives you enough good sight. Okay. 
depending on the breed, you get more or less, but you do get a lot. Sense of taste and biting. Obviously, they have a bite attack. It's going to do SDC damage because they are not supernaturally strong, but it's going to do, on average, 1d6 for a regular strength and for a power bite, it'll do 2d6. This is going to be augmented or decreased depending if you use the optional breeds. Obviously, a Rottweiler is going to be better than a, than a Chihuahua at biting. Vibro teeth. Vibro teeth. Replace their teeth with vibro teeth. No, I think that might be a bad idea. That could cause oh. more hospitalization than you want. <laughs> Sensitivity to ley line energy. This goes to their sensing magic and the supernatural. They can sense when a ley line or nexus point is near. And it gives you all of the stats for making your dog boy. Now, look at this. IQ, ME, MA, PS, PP, PE. All of it is 3D6. Same as a human. Same as a human. You get bonuses, and it was in their powers. I read it earlier. You get bonuses to physical endurance, bonuses to physical strength, bonuses to speed, because you're also a dog. But your base roles are human. And then we move on to their skills. And remember, you are you have the training of a coalition grunt, coalition infantry soldier, plus special training in tracking, surveillance, and and uh, minor spycraft. What does that mean? That means, uh, with rare exception, all mutant canines, even even nomads, begin life as a coalition dog boy, created, conditioned, and trained. This is what you get. You speak American and Dragonese at ninety percent efficiency, <laughs> intelligence plus 6%, radio basic, plus 10%, uh, pilot hovercraft, read sensor equipment, weapon systems, climbing, running, land navigation, energy pistol, energy rifle, one of choice, martial arts. This is all the, all the stuff that every, every grunt is, um, most every grunt is going to be taught. The read sensor equipment and weapon systems, probably not. But I found it the, interesting that they learn Dragonese. I mean, it makes well, sense. Talk to, you know, yeah, know your it, enemy, send some out. Know your enemy, exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, your RCC-related skills, communications, domestic, electrical, espionage, mechanical, medical, military, physical, pilot, pilot-related, rogue, none, science, none, technical, any, weapons, any, wilderness, any. Because you, the wilderness and, and technical and uh, weapon and uh, physical are all because you are a dog boy. You are going to be tracking people down at some point in, in your career. That's what's going to happen. You're going to need skills, wilderness skills travel skills, hunting skills to do your job properly. And they make sure you have those skills. And uh, you get eight secondary skills and more at levels two, four, eight, and 12. That's actually Standard a, equipment. a nice chunk of secondary skills. Yeah. Aren't these usually around five? It usually is, but apparently dogs are great learners. You either, uh, for your equipment, you either get a light suit of armor, 30 MDC, or a heavy suit of armor. 50 MDC. That one's standard. The light ones are for your dedicated tracker animals. They have to move. They have to move quick. They don't want to make a sound. You know, sneak up on your prey, stuff like that. They wear light armor. Other than that, they wear the 50 MDC, which is standard. Dog pack DPM ride armor. Full environmental armor is generally reserved for officers, dog boy special forces, and special assignments. Uniform dress code, tinted goggles. You get all you get all kinds of stuff. All right. All kinds of cool stuff. Vibro lucky saber. Strikes. You get lucky strikes. Uh, nope, afraid not. Oh, yeah, that sucks, but that's what happens. <laughs> and of course, since you are part of a military unit, depending on the assignment, you will get, you will get to be able to requisition specialty equipment, just like any other coalition officer. Remember the coalition states taking care of you so you can take care of us. 
Write that down. Okay, it gives examples of dog boy missions. This is uh, if you want, if your characters want to be a dog boy pack, which, you know, you're part of the CS, you should. And the, these are the missions that you could go on. Uh, reconnaissance, rescue, escort, anti-magic, and supernatural, seek and destroy mission. Identification and verification. This is your guard duty, your uh, checkpoint duty. Uh, infantry, special forces, and assistant to military personnel. Optional dog boy characteristic. Now, all of this, all of these variants are for specifically people or dog dog boys coming out of of the Lone Star and being cloned there, or you know, whatever. And that first word is very important. Optional. Yes. Optional character class. Option. I'm sorry. Optional character tables. You don't need any of this stuff, but if you want to roll or choose your type of breed to get minor bonuses, you can. For example, go ahead and roll a D100. I don't have a D100 near me. God damn it. I got one. 25. Oh. That is Golden Retriever. Good tracker. Hardy. Add 3d6 SDC and plus one to physical strength and physical endurance attributes. Natural swimmer. Base skill 80%. That's that's nice. Is it game breaking? Absolutely not. But it's nice to have. We look at the Bloodhound, Super Scent Tracker, plus 12% to all scent abilities. All scent abilities. Detecting the supernatural is under scent ability. Plus 12%. Some some of these things you start with at 70. So now you're starting at 82. You're probably going to win. You're, you're going to find them. Uh Pitbull. Reduce size by 10%, never taller than 5 feet, but add 2d6 to physical endurance, 2d4 to physical strength, and 40, 4-0 to SDC. Bite uh, inflicts 2d6 SDC damage from a nip and 4d6 from a full strength bite. Minus 30 to track by smell because they're not very good trackers, but they are fighters. They are biters. They're, they're, they're like, they're like your, your, your friend's little, little sister. She's a biter. <laughs> That's what happens. Uh, mutation abnormality. Again, this is optional. There is a chance that in the growth process, there was a little mistake or you grew up different or whatever. The There was a mutation in your genes as they were being replicated during the cloning process. But optional tables have been slightly adjusted and changed from the table that appeared in Rifts with additional abnormalities and details. You are unusually small, unusually large. Nearly a full human appearance. That's gross. You're now you're at the uncanny valley. Humans don't like you. That doesn't actually say it in the book. That's just me. Exceptional use, uh, exceptional sense of direction and balance. Heightened sense of smell with a unique focus on disease. You can smell cancer from twenty paces. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tough skin. Add thirty SDC. You know stuff like that. The, again, these are cool things. They are not game breaking. So it is possible to do, but if your game master doesn't want to deal with it, don't want to deal with it. Now, of course, there are all the there are the dog boys that have betrayed their life's function and left the CS and became wild or rogue, or in this case, they're called feral. Shoot them on sight. I'm not even gonna read them. They're traitors. Shoot them on sight. Not gonna read it. Oh, but we were born out here. Our grandparents moved away. Your, your grandparents were traitors. Your your third generation traitor. Stop it. Uh, okay, these are these are different different uh, uh, 
uh, it's interesting units. to see the different uh, types yeah, of them. Different units. Dog Boy Special Forces. You have the Navy Dogs. You know, some dogs like water. Canine Sniffers. It's for tracking, finding. And you have Kill Hounds. Guess what they do? They kill other dogs? No, they, they, they kill everything but humans and dogs. That's oh. what they're for. They're, they're, uh, they're trained to be murder, not murders. They're, they're trained to be killers and assassins. And they have, they've been extreme aggression has been bred into them. The only reason you can do this is because they're still dogs. You can breed extreme aggression into a dog. As long as you are its master, it will not turn on you. But sometimes dog turning, well, no, they won't, they won't. Because they're smart. They're smart than the average dog. They know if they turn on their master, they'll be shot and killed almost instantaneously. So they're not stupid. They won't do it. And we have dog boy equipment and stuff like that. But we're not going to get into that. We're going to get into the general mutant animals. Hold on. Do they get spiky is... collars? What? Maybe if you want, I guess. Mutant bears. Mutant bears. How about that? What's so special about them? Well, they, they can sense psychic and magic energy as well. Not as good as a dog boy. Nowhere near, but it's possible. Sense supernatural beings. Not as good. Can do it. Pick. They get to pick two IS, ISP. I'm sorry, two psychic powers from the physical category instead of the sensitive category. Ursa warriors are effectively major psionics with special psionic sensitivity described above. This means the bear needs to roll a 12 or higher. You know, Okay, major, not master, major. Mm -hmm. uh, depending on the bear they they are, they get physical bonuses. Duh, they're freaking bears, man. Black bear, plus one initiative, plus one to strike and parry, plus three to save versus disease, plus three first horror factor, attribute bonuses, IQ, 1d4, MA, 1d6, PP, 1d6, speed, 3d6, but reduce their size by 20%. Night vision, 200 feet, plus 20% climb. They love sweet things, especially honey and chocolate. Hey, boo-boo. <laughs> White does 6d6 SDC damage, despite being supernatural physical strength. Now, their bite does not do super, uh, MDC damage because they are not, it, it doesn't seem to be, they're not MDC creatures, but they have MDC strength. It seems so, because they are, have supernatural PS, which means they have mega damage strength. I don't see that it says that anywhere here. Maybe it does later, but if you have supernatural strength, you do mega damage. But there are characters with supernatural strength that are still SDC creatures. The uh, the one, one of the juicer variants is an example. The I forget which kind of juicer it was, but it's huge. It's a huge dude, but he has mega damage. Uh, damage. He has, he has supernatural strength, but he's still an SDC creature. Grizzly bear, plus two on initiative, plus three to strike, plus two to prey, plus one attack per round. That's weird. That uh, should have been the black bear. Yeah, plus 1d6 times 10 to hit points, plus 2d4 times 10 to SDC, and increase average size, weight, height, and weight by 40%. Attribute bonuses, physical strength, plus 3d6. Physical endurance, plus 2d6. Plus 10% to swimming, minus 10 to climbing, Bite damage does 1d6 MD damage. Again, they have supernatural strength, but they still have hit points in SDC, which means they're not supernatural creatures. Polar bear. Oh, those are gone by now. <laughs> can't, can't be a polar bear. They're all gone. 
Uh, bears have a good sense of smell. And looks like that is the only bears that they decide to use. Grizzly bear, brown bear, black bear, and polar bear. What's the main job of the bear? Just kind of an enforcer? Uh, player characters who are not blah, blah, blah. Well, it looks like this one's out of control, but yeah. See, uh, that's why canines, mutant animals are better than superheroes. <laughs> with the exception of the polar bear and brown bear, most mutant bears are lazy, dull-witted, and easily distracted by the simplest things. They are most effective in small, tight-knit squads where the older, other, I'm going to say it says other, other members are friends to watch out for each other and or have a strong leader. Mutant bears tend to follow the lead of those around them, so if their comrades are excited or aggressive, ready to fight, so is the bear. If others are nervous, frightened, or timid, so is the bear. In many cases, the majority of Ursa warriors have mental capacity, attention span, and emotional maturity of a seven-year-old child. Okay, <laughs> let's see what their IQ is. IQ is 2D6. What's the M uh, uh, ME, though? 2D6. Oh, well, okay. MA, 2D6. Now, a that, regular that dog boy is 3D6 sense. across the board. These guys get boned mentally, 2D6, 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 but physically... 5d6 so they're enforcers okay 4d6 all right and they are they have supernatural strength but they still have hit points in sdc they have a lot of them p attribute times five <laughs> plus 2d6 per level experience sdc p attribute number plus 2d4 times 10 plus anything you gain from physical skills and from the specific species of bear grizzly polar whatever seven feet tall Natural armor rating of 10 plus 1d6. Yeah, Again, that's, that only, not, that's not that big of a deal. In that there, only but... counts for SDC attacks, yeah. not MDC attacks. But if you're trying to fight a polar bear hand-to-hand, -hand, you well, number one, you're dumb. <laughs> you can't, you, you're too dumb. And in uh, if you were in current times, in Rift's times, in, in Magic High, you're super dumb because they're supernatural strong. That's dumb. Let's move on. Nerdy Ogre asked if they have a, battle a cats. horror factor. Do, do the bears have horror factor? Most likely. But we're going to move on to battle cats because it's something you want. Look at him. Look how wise he is. He's just preparing he to eat something. No, he's not wise. He's either bored or stupid because that's cats. All right. Most mutant humanoid cats are suspicious of others, careful, but curious and coy. This is especially true of their relationship with humans, but most will eventually allow themselves to become friends with humans who prove themselves in the cat's eye. See, this is why making a mutant cat-human hybrid is the epitome of stupid. Cats do not care about you unless you are useful. Once you stop being useful, a cat would rather cut your neck apart than look at you. True across the board. Time immemorial. Special powers. Sense psychic and magical energy. Sure. Sense supernatural beings. Sure. Not as good as a dog boy in either one, but can do it. Psionic powers. Pick two sensitive powers. Psy bonuses. You're effectively a major psionic, not a master. Still major. Uh, psychic abilities and bonuses. All cats are natural meat-eating predators and instinctive hunters, although they must be taught to develop many skills through practice and, ex and experience. Favorite weapons are vibroblades and laser weapons. Yeah, they like them because they're long-range and silent. And there's, there's different varieties, lynx or bobcat, puma, cougar, mountain lion, leopard or panther, African lion. That looks like a monkey, not a cat. It's a lynx, I think. 
Looks like a, a monkey head. with cat ears. Big, the big ears, the really pointy ears. I think thinks that's a lynx or a bobcat. Well, lynx have the tusks, uh, but yeah. Excellent vision. Excellent sense of hearing. This is all understandable. Not as good as dog boys, but good. Fair to good sense of smell. Natural climbers, natural swimmers. Really? Really? Sprinters? That's fair. Again, they can sense ley line energy. All right. The, these, are, these are dog boys in cat form. Ba basically a poor man's dog boy. They're not as good at anything as a dog boy is, but I want to be a cat. Okay, fine. Here you yeah, go. I, I don't see a purpose for them necessarily, at least based on what you've shown no, so no, no. far. They're really good stealth hunter killers. Oh, okay, okay. Especially at night because they have they have the night vision for really mm -hmm. long. You know, cats, they have night vision. And they, they're very quiet. They're very stealthy. They can sneak up on, on even attentive prey and get and go in for the kill all but immediately that's what I they're good for coalition battle cat and all the he-man references are starting there to... you go yep yep battle cat that's the he-man deal uh cat killer hunter rcc it gives you the, the requirements and the attributes is that a saber tooth tiger 3d6 strength okay this is it's like a bear right only you tone down the physical bonuses but bring the mental bone the, the mental stats up to normal human and you've got a battle cat good job uh, da, 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 da. monkeys oh, again horrible idea obviously these researchers found out a little too late that this is a horrible idea can i skip this part why I hate monkeys. Well, you're going to hate them more because they're going to suck. And you know what the cool thing is about this picture? It's not this guy who, uh, you know, he's he's uh, having his life flash before his eyes. It's not this guy who is, oh, my God, get this thing off of me. It's this guy. God well, damn it. What's going on in there? <laughs> it's like, damn, That's Jim, that doesn't look good. <laughs> Why are you screwing up? That's what happened. Monkey boys. That's funny. <laughs> Mini monkey spies. Oh, no. Yep. There are two levels of experiments being conducted with primates. One is the increase of the animal's IQ to low human intelligence. This is done to squirrel-sized and slightly larger monkeys to create interesting and obedient companions' pets and CS spies. In this case, nothing else about the monkey is altered. Its size, tail, feet, abilities, whatever, unchanged. As spies, these minis, as they are called, can slip into places that will be difficult for larger animals. Great. An intelligent mini can be taught to use simple, small, still video cameras, recording communications equipment, you know, stealing stuff, whatever. Nobody saw the and, monkey entering the room? <laughs> well, it's a pet monkey. You, you, you sold the guy you want to spy on a pet monkey or you gave it to him as a gift for free. He's going to have free run of the house. He's a monkey. What's he going to do? Well, he's going to spy on you. Because he has... Average IQ of seven. Now, this is not animal intelligence. It's low human. All right, which means unlike a high, high functioning animal, you are able to use abstract thought and creativeness, just not a lot, which is purposeful because you don't want to make an animal too smart. That's a, just a bad time. You don't want that. 
And then we have the uh, Monkey Boys for the second level of experimentation with the Great Apes, dubbed Monkey Boys. This includes chimpanzees, orangutans. Okay, number one, bad idea. An orangutan can already rip your arms out of your socket. What the hell are you doing? And orangutans are petty. They are petty. There are stories of someone playing favorites to one orangutan. The other orangutan, once it got a hold of that human who was playing favorites, ripped off his testicles. Uh, I'm good. I'm good, but they do it anyway. And they make him super smart. 2D6 plus 7. That average is going to be 13 to 14. Intelligence. Smarter than the average human. Smarter than the average human. That is freaking ridiculous. Dumb. Don't ever do it. Physical strength, physical prowess, and physical endurance are also much greater than than human. And 2d6 plus 6 is better than a human. Sorry, better than the average human. Better. They're either equal to or better than the average human across the board. Across the board. Why'd you do this? I don't understand. Seems ridiculous, but that's the way it is. Uh, general physical appearance looks like a typical chimpanzee, orangutan, or gorilla. Those with special genetic modifications may be taller, stand straighter, have a bit more human proportion bodies, but are otherwise unchanged. Natural abilities and bonuses. Natural skill-like abilities are addition to the RCC training. Climb, 75-65, minus 20 for gorillas. Gymnastics, 60, minus 10 for gorillas. Sense of smell is 50% better than humans. Okay, thanks. Can leap four feet up and eight feet across. Uh, can run, leap, and swim through and swing through trees at double roughly the same speed as they can run. Half speed for gorillas. Okay. Prehensile tail, prehensile feet, no tail. Double jointed, plus one attack per round, plus two initiative, dodge plus two on the ground or in trees, not applicable for gorillas. Roll with impact fall plus three. It's it's cool. They are they're the brute squad, basically. They're the brute squad. Oh, or God. this guy. Apparently. Cornelius here. He's a uh, he's a uh, he's a smarty pants. Mm. And I'm not going to get the other ones. Mutant rats. There's those. Why you want to well, play? Just, it? just tell me what's the job. What's the job of mutant rat? Mutant rat. Okay. That's, that's, that's like the idea that an intelligent humanoid mutant rat could breed quickly, typically three to four young per litter, and reach full physical maturity within one year. So those the plan are your pawns. Was to create a swarming army of mutant yeah. soldiers to assail the enemy, softening their ranks before the real troops followed. Okay, that that makes sense. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. they're fodder. They're fodder. They're they're born to die horribly for the cause. Good. Okay, they're rats. What do you want? Mutant bats. <laughs> Mutant bats, this guy. What the hell? <laughs> I just want to make nightmare fuel, one doctor said one day. Let's make a mutant bat. The hell. The GED's the, the genetic engineering department. Other experiment with small mammals is with the bat. The idea was to uh, take a creature that has always frightened humans and turn oh. it into a servant of humanity. Bad idea, stupid. They do the Velociraptor next? <laughs> yeah, again, another bad idea. Really, really dumb. Don't do that. This is oh. the genetics, genetics lab. The Exidix Killer. This is one I want to actually look at. This is the okay. last one we're going to do. Okay. 
The Exitix killer pronounced, oh, Zytikix killer, Zytikix, sorry, is one of the Dr. Desmond Bradford's, we're going to talk to him about next, next video, greatest successes and personal triumph. In 92 PA, the God King proposed to, to the doctor that he and his genetic engineers could create a predatory monster to combat the alien insect threat that is slowly encroaching on humanity and will eventually, if left unchecked, take over the world. Who's going to stop this? Federation of Magic? No. Evil. Laszlo? No. Sissies. CS? Yes. Why? Because we're big, we're big dog. All right. That's it. That's it. We're, we're, we're the top of the food chain. So we take care of business. And he and the, the Dr. Bradford came in and said, you know what? I got it. I got this. And what do they do? Let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, seek, top secret GED hunter killer. Uh, 2D4 plus 3 intelligence, high animal intelligence. Do not make them as smart as humans. The doctor understood that is important. ME, 2D6 plus 4, garbage. MA, 2D6, garbage. They don't need to look pretty. They don't need to be charismatic. Just, yeah. yeah, they just need to kill alien <laughs> bugs, and they do it well. Super, uh, PS and PE are supernatural, as the beast inflicts mega damage from its punches, kicks, bites, whatever. Uh, 3D6 plus 14 strength. PP, 3D6 plus 10. PE, 3D6 plus 6. Speed, 66 plus 12. What do they get? Seven attacks per round, prehensile tail, double jointed, wow. ambidextrous. All of these give you give you minor buffs and bonuses. Plus four on initiative, plus three to strike and parry, plus four to dodge, plus three to roll with fall impact, plus three saber's poison, plus ten versus horror factor. That's important when you're fighting giant bugs. Never uses weapons except ones that are put on bionically, which are usually uh, bionic vibro blades or whatever. Special, resistant to magical energy. Magic energy, fireball, lightning bolt, energy created purely from magic. Okay. Attacks do half damage. Other types of magic say call lightning. You're not making the lightning out of nothing. You're actually making clouds and the clouds make lightning. That does full damage. In addition, these strange creatures are totally unaffected by ley line storms. Eh, they, they, they don't care. Recovers 2d6 MDC. It is a mega damage creature per day. Bioregeneration allows it to regrow tentacles, tail, tongue, and quills, but not legs or upper arms. It takes about 2d4 plus 10 days to regrow them completely. Attacks. Quills, 2d6 SDC. Headhorns, 2d4 MDC. Mouth and fangs, 2d6 SDC. Damage from a restrained attack, 66 SDC or normal, and 1d4 on a power bite. Left arm, claw hand, 3d6 mega damage plus PS damage if if you're converting it to SDC. And what about the left arm tentacle? Yeah, one's an arm, one's a claw, one's a tentacle. 1d4 MD from external attacks, but 66 MD from slashing and tearing attacks to the insides of its victim as it thrashes around wildly. Wow. The agony and horror of this attack causes the victim to lose initiative if he had it and half his normal melee attacks per round. Note, once inside its prey, the tentacle has three independent attack. Wow, what the hell is this tentacle? I did not read that. I'm going to have to because this tentacle seems nightmare fuel. Uh, bionic weapon. 
right arm is always a long, thick tentacle like appendage, but firm and powerful. The tentacle provides the, the Zytikix killer with a reach equal to the length of its body. It is used as a whipping weapon, but can also jab, snare, entangle, and strangle. However, it is typically used to hold and entangle its prey while it attacks with its clawed hand, horns, or even mouth to create one or more puncture wounds. Holes in the bug's natural armored exoskeleton. The entangling ability combined with the strength of the limb and the upper arms enables the predator to leap from treetops, rooftops, whatever. Uh, it's powerful legs and two large grasping prenatal tails, also blah, blah, blah. Then while suspended in midair and usually before the insectoids moment to react, it penetrates the natural body armor with its claw hand or rhino-like horns, plunging the small tentacle inside and tears apart the innards. Oh my God. That is it's like doing, it's like the Egyptian embalming in the brain, except for now it's just yeah. inside a bug. Yeah, think about that. You puncture the exoskeleton, and this tentacle is made to burrow in the hole and just turn into a weed whacker inside the body of the bug. That is crazy. Wow. I do not want to be on the receiving end of one of these things. Do not want it. And the coalition controls them? Apparently, no. They they are not very good at orders. They're not very good at loyalty. What they do is the coalition makes them, drops them off in an APC in, in bug territory, and leaves them be. They are bred to kill bugs. That's what they go after. That's their natural prey. Don't want anyone else around. They might get confused. Drop them off in the middle of bug territory, let them eat. That's what you do. That I did not, I did not read. I must've missed that part about the tentacle because that is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Okay. Those are the new RCCs in the uh, Rift's Lone Star book. Now, from what I understand, the, the bug killer RCC is not a player character because it's the one with the lowest intelligence and it actually has animal intelligence. So not a good player character, but in riffs, Hey, you know, you never know. (laughs) You never know. So what do we got for chat? I got a few. uh, There's a lot of conversation going back and forth about uh, different things, but I just picked out some select ones. First one right off the bat. Let's keep on topic here. Uh, How are you supposed to pronounce it? Okay. That killer was (laughs) such a letdown. Anyone know whatever happened with these guys? Anyone ever play one or even have one in the game? Well, I, I don't know, man. What, what, once you see that tentacle do its job, I don't know, man. I'd like, all right, all right. I'm like not going to sleep the for three days. Of but... Chat was that they're just kind of like, eh, they kind of sucked. Okay, well, they, they, they're mega damage beings, mega damage strength, mega damage, you know, uh, uh, endurance, and they have one job, one job kill bugs dead so if you're up there in uh, my home state of minnesota you probably want to be one of these things other than that eh. or have one ha- no you don't want to have one with you because these things aren't again i'm going to say it again any mutant animal besides dog boys mistake these ones have a specific purpose and no humans are around so i get it but still not great so the sensing supernatural aspect was sort of a side effect? Actually, no. If you have, uh, if you get the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, uh, the NEMA book, was it? 
uh, Chaos Earth. If you get the Chaos Earth source book, you realize that dogs, cats, horses, and cows can sense the supernatural naturally. It's a natural ability of all these animals. Well, that leads to this one right here. If you believe that Beyond the Supernatural is a prequel, it was around. Just very hush-hush. Even normal dogs can do mega damage to supernatural beings. Yes. In the Chaos Earth book, uh, dogs are the natural enemy of every supernatural creature, which means they can do mega damage. All of their SDC damage from bites, claws, whatever, is immediately transferred and changed into equal amounts of MDC damage to any supernatural creature. It's awesome. Uh, are dog birds wild and bloodthirsty? Only the ones that have escaped and grew up feral. Just like a feral dog in, say, Istanbul or Russia or whatever, India, they, they've they lost their trust of humans. You can get it back because it is in their genetic code. You can get it back. But initially, they, they, they could bite you. Well, the tracking abilities of a dog boy when paired with a size stalker makes the squads very hard to sneak past if you have any yes. magic or psychic anything. Yes, dog boy plus Psy Stalker equals a gauntlet you're not going to get through if you are a magic-using creature with 80 or more PPE or ISP. You're just going to get found. Coalition soldiers' superpower is radio usage and calling in airstrikes. Even adult yeah. dragons fade away under sustained missile and railgun barrages from That's a true. mile away. Yeah, that is true. And uh, in, in, the, in the example I gave where you were passing a checkpoint, uh, they're going to have artillery aimed already in that area. So they're, they're going to call down artillery close. They're going to call down airstrike danger close. And in, in inside 1D4 rounds, you're going to get bombed from above. So there's a lot of back and forth on this one. Dogman versus Size Stalker, pros and cons, who wins? Okay. <sighs> That's tough. Uh, for if you are a player character and you want pound for pound the most powerful character, Psy Stalker wins. If you want a character you can play in many more situations and aren't reliant on feeding on psychic energy, for example, Dog Boy wins hands down because you can hunt for your food. You're never without food. You're an excellent hunter. You can feed your entire pack and your and your human friends, whereas a Psy Stalker has to feed off of ISP or PPE weekly, I believe. And if they don't, they start dying. So there is a trade-off for your greater power, and that is, you know, the you know the the greater uh, drawback of having having uh, to eat basically magical and psychic energy. There, there was a comment in there uh, earlier. I didn't start, but uh, somebody said something to the effect of uh, Psy Stalkers can't do mega damage, but Dog Boys can or something like that. Well, the Dog Boy variants can. Now, I don't know why. After I read Chaos Earth and Beyond, Beyond Supernatural, uh, dogs are supposed to do mega damage to supernatural creatures. But in this, in this book, Dog Boy, the, the base variant, does not do mega damage to supernatural creatures. I can only imagine that the, the process of human humidifying human hu per personify 
Whatever. Uplifting, anthropomorphizing. There you go. Putting the human DNA in took away some of that ability. And this one is do mega damage to supernatural creatures. That that's my explanation for it. Uh, I think a dog boy campaign would be fun. Just haven't been able to talk anyone into it. I put it that would. up different craft. Definitely would. Number one, you're in the you're in the CS, which means you're on the winning team, right? And uh, and you you have a you have a dog boy handler who loves you, and you love him. There's there there's no there cannot be, by definition, cannot be uh intergroup uh um you know fighting because you're loyal and if your human handler says stop it you're going to stop so the, the game master can stop in character all all conflicts in the group by saying stop it bad boy and then you oh. stop exactly we've got all these awesome dog boys that love us and help us out what if we give their powers to animals that hate us you know for science exactly exactly that's ridiculous cats cats don't care about you at best bats see you as food at best what the hell man come on boneheads <laughs> all right uh pack of dogways and party of size stalkers is that different that's the last yes one. it is different uh it's a completely different feel and play style okay. size stalkers if played correctly are vampire wannabe emo bitches Whereas uh, dog boys played correctly are, are, uh, are loyal. They're friendly. They'll, they, uh, they will fight to the death for you. And they will like subscribe will and share like, like subscribe, share for a dog boy uplifting your life. Cause that's what they do. All right. It's the next I'm one. I'm not a fan of, of, of mutant animals at all, but. The, the dog boy is is the best kind i mean the bear looked cool i'm just i mean other than playing an enforcer yeah it it it, it doesn't have the utility that you would want yeah. as a player character yeah that that i mean the cat the dog the bat that's just for okay we want to have a party mutant animals or, or whatever exactly yes it, it's it's giving the player the, the players some you know other options yeah. but it, it's they're never a good idea flavor wise it wasn't a good idea to do it now uh, next, we're going to go over adventure ideas, and a lot of them revolve around uh, the uh, complex and maybe some escaped animals, stuff like that. So we're going to do that in a second. Let me, let me come back in just a second. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I'm talking about the Dog Boy campaign. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I do like uh, mutant animals, but I don't know. These weren't these weren't inspiring to me. I don't hate them. They just weren't inspiring to me. I think I probably just got bug, uh, bummed because they're monkeys. I hate monkeys. And before all you little weirdos get pedantic out there, I don't care if it goes ooh, 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 ooh. I don't care if it's big, small, or otherwise. It's a freaking monkey. I don't differentiate between apes and monkeys and orangutans and all that other nonsense. They're all freaking monkeys. It's like a whale's a fish. It it spends the most of its life swimming in the water and it doesn't have legs. It's a freaking fish. Get over it. Fair enough. All right, we're ready. <laughs> okay. All right. This is the third video in the Lone Star World Book 13 series, and we're going to talk about adventure ideas. And 
in this book, the adventure ideas are mostly wrapped around the main characters that are introduced. So we're going to talk about them and we're going to talk about the hooks associated to them. And if we're lucky, get a couple of specific examples along the way. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Please follow that QR code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support, which is the Wounded Warrior Project. Thursdays and Saturdays, you can watch the Dirty Casuals on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Fridays and Sundays, you can watch the Friday Night Chill Stream and RPG Digest on our YouTube and Rumble channels. Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. All right, everyone, welcome back. And we're going to talk about some of the adventure ideas posited in this book. And for lucky, have some examples along the way. Now, the head geneticist of the Lone Star Complex is Dr. Desmond Bradford. Dr. Desmond is... Uh, Too smart for his own good. Crazy? He's a, he's a little mad scientist. He's got that mad scientist vibe, you know? That little, uh, yeah, I'm going to make a death ray just to see. And then say, yeah, I made a death ray. Let's, let's test it out and shoot his family. He's that kind of guy. But, uh, there are some, uh, there are some adventure hooks involving him. Let's check it out. Administrator Desmond Bradford is a nefarious character who the player group may never meet or confront directly because he stays in the complex and getting in there is probably not going to happen unless you're like a spy or something. But even magic won't help you because of all the dog boys there. Magic's not going to help you get in here. Psionics is not going to help you get in here. You got to do it the hard way. And unless you're a rips Japan science ninja, you're not going to get in here. <laughs> a direct meeting might occur if you're either captured or breach the facility. So let's just say captured. Let's just say <laughs> captured. Okay. Examples are Bradford may be looking for pawns to help him in any number of schemes. He might enlist your aid in protecting him and or his colleagues in dangerous wastelands or manipulate them to destroy an enemy, a member of the CS as well as others. He may also convince them to attack a dangerous monster terrorizing the poor locals or a group of monsters. In either case, his mutant creations that have escaped. <laughs> so that he can watch and study them on tape the creature's reactions to the attack if members of the group player group are injured or killed he really doesn't care he doesn't care about you he cares about himself he cares about his work that's it he cares about the coalition because they fund his work that's it so that is a specific idea you through functionaries are asked to go hunt down this group of of mutated animals, bats, bears, oh my, whatever. Oh, and you have to you have to wear this camera. You go fight them, you get paid, and if you're interested, you'll you'll find out that it was because he wanted to study it, blah blah, blah stuff like that. Another possibility might be getting the group to capture a particular specimen needed for his research. Entice the player group and other mercenaries to hunt down and either capture or bring him or destroy some dangerous monster or being so he can sample its DNA so he can use it in his illegal and secret cloning procedures. Like the, the mutated bat, the mutated whatever, 
That's not sanctioned stuff. I mean, the, the God Emperor Prosec is not stupid. Well, next it's going to be uh, spiders, mutant spiders. Yeah, it's going to be spiders or dinosaurs or whatever, and then he's going to get himself killed one day. Th this is a problem that's going to take care of itself. That's Dr. Bradford. He's a problem that's going to take care of himself. Well, he doesn't do the work himself, does he? Just, he just sanctions it and like puts his he notes in there. It, yes, but he, he's that hands-on kind of guy that oh, wants is he to really? take credit. Okay. He, he wants to take credit for all successes and, and point fingers when it's failures. He's that kind of douchebag. Uh, those are some, and general Lonnie Cashbrook is one of the emperor Prosec's most trusted members of the executive council and coalition military high command. 12 years ago, general Cashbrook was given the daunting task of securing the Northern quadrant of the Lone Star state. So her, she's a, she there's, there she is. Well, I mean, her name's Lonnie. Yeah. She looks pretty young yep. there to be. A ah, I was hoping you were going to say something like that. She's actually 48, but she looks to her mid and her late 30s. And Bradford is 69. Of course he is. But he looks to be in his late 30s. How is this possible? They're well, messing around genetics. They, they rub some stem cells on their face. No, no. At the height of the golden age of humanity, which the Lone Star Complex is from, they had mastered genetic engineering obviously right they, they made the dog boys but every north american citizen benefited could benefit from this technology the the maximum lifespan in the golden age was 200 years people were born with bonuses to strength iq me ma physical beauty because of genetic engineering bradford discovered this and genetic and in inserted genetic changes into the God King Emperor, into himself, into General General Cashbrook, and a slew of other high-ranking CS officials to increase their lifespan dramatically. So, what does Cashbrook bring to the table when we're talking about adventure notes? Okay, here we go. General Cashbrook is a character that the players could run into in the field of combat or accidentally either as friend or foe. A friendly direct meeting might occur if the group is thrown together with her in a situation against mutual enemies, forcing them and her and any of her troops to join forces against a greater evil. As professional soldiers, the group may be amazed at her keen insight, leadership, and cooperation, even with practitioners of magic, DBs, and criminals. She's no fool or a zealot and will do whatever it takes to save herself and her troops and win the day. She's a winner first, humanist second. I get it. Not, I may not agree every day about her order or her ranking, but I get it. Uh, the player characters may be fighting monsters, mutants, and she comes in, swoops in, and helps you save the day. Similarly, the players find themselves fighting to protect or defend citizens, humans, and then she comes in to help you save the day. That's fine. Player group might also catch a glimpse of her at work with her forces at wilderness scouts, mercenary hirelings, informants, or special agents. She is one of those generals that leads the fight. Mm. So her men are fiercely loyal. They will follow her to hell and back because she makes sure that she's in as much danger as her men. So she know, so her men know she's not throwing their lives away. That makes loyalty. And she did it. 
And if you're against the coalition states, conflict with her is more likely. You are defending uh, some some kind of DB village from her annihilation assault. And you're going to find out that her tactics are spot on. Her 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 ability to read a situation is first rate. Does she nuke a village, a settlement? She doesn't she doesn't have access to nukes because the CS does, you know, the, the God Emperor doesn't like their generals being able to fire nukes on their own. But she has access to fusion blocks, so that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Brigadier General Ivan Kalpov. Obviously, he's a Russian bastard. Oh, look at him. Look at him. I lost my hand to a bug, and I got a... The CS gave me everything I need. They gave me a new eye. They gave me a new... Uh, I'm, I'm not, not speaking... That's, that's not, that's not, not Russian. Eye. That's not yeah. Russian. That's not an eye. That's just a glass bobble there that just freaks you out. Uh, okay. Okay. Adventure notes for him. Uh, this guy is real trouble. He's mean, powerful, and has an axe to grind. Ironically, he'll regard any tr any trouble the player characters may cause as a relief from the doldrums of the daily routine and welcome the challenge. His he he's in charge of policing the area, right? So he hates it. It's boring. There's no glory in it. He can't kill a bunch of folk all the time. He loves killing folk. So if you come in and cause trouble, that's great. It's an excuse to kill folk, namely you folk. However, he's not a fool and will not jeopardize his life or the safety of the Lone Star Complex in, in, all, of his, in all of his doings. Also, because he likes to go into the field incognito, it is possible that the player characters would actually stumble across him hmm. in a normal patrol. Just think they it's a headhunter. Yeah, they won't know because he's in normal, normal dog boy armor, right? He's incognito. He's not in general armor. He's in lieutenant armor or he's in sergeant major armor, whatever. So you could actually meet him in combat and not know it un un until, man, this guy's good. <laughs> Why is he so good? And there you go. And then we have, and look at this guy. This guy, I would not trust with my socks. Look at him. He looks like he's got 18 screws loose. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a giant mace. So, you know, what does he do that Who with? I don't around know a mace. In any campaign that lasts a while in the Lone Star State, it is inevitable that the player characters will encounter Colonel Collins or some of his agents. The circumstances may vary, but the encounter will almost certainly be an unpleasant one. The <laughs> wicked and vengeful weasel that he is, Collins is almost certain to escape any confrontation to return with a vengeance and murder in his heart. Characters who he comes to hate, which can be a quick and easy thing to do, will not only find themselves wanted enemies of the Coalition States, but framed for crimes, raids, and acts they never committed. Some are lies fabricated to hurt them and our reputations. Others are to cover his own wrongdoings, make you responsible for the raising of this village. You know, you're the patsy. He did it. Not me. I'm, I'm, I'm sane and normal. He's not. If the player characters should kill this bigoted monster, they will be permanently branded as murderers, even if it's self-defense, and dangerous enemies of the coalition to be shot on sight. He's got that much pull. Even in death, he makes sure that you're you're not going to live a happy life. And you know what that that is enough, right? That that is enough to <laughs> I give you. I was going to say Buck McCool. I know, right, Colonel Buck Murphy. It's Buck McCool Murphy. Yeah. But uh, uh, every main character 
in this book has adventure ideas and some of them just like uh just like dr bradford are specific mm-hmm. specific hooks and and line and hook line and sinker stuff right without addressing the coalition directly so to speak uh are there any other things that are given here is this just pretty much about hey handling the mutant animal issues like is there a reason that the coalition is there other than that facility like is there something going on outside of it at all the initial reason the coalition were there were to look for natural resources because texas has the black gold so you could get a mission to go find some resources and maybe have a dog boy spy with you but once they found the Lone Star military complex, they stopped looking oh, okay. for anything else. Because number one, they need a, every man, woman, and child to explore this 30 square mile underground complex. And no, number two, they don't need energy. It has something like five fusion reactors, a, a geothermal. Yeah, but you might want to grab it just to stop somebody else from getting it. Maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, you but, have the coalition. Uh, yeah, and and a uh, geothermal power plant has that too. So it's never run out of energy. You don't need to look for energy there. It's there. It's always going to be there. So they didn't need to anymore, so they didn't. All right, uh, reading all this makes me want to get my hands on the Coalition States Manhunters book. I recommend uh, Coalition Manhunters, and I also recommend Coalition Heroes, Heroes of Humanity. Those are two great books if you want to run a Coalition campaign. Heroes for Humanity. Where is it? Uh, Secrets of the Coalition States, Heroes of Humanity. Oh, no, where'd it go? <laughs> Damn it. I don't it's have, okay. I, it's, it's not in my pile. But I, I, I have the Chaos Earth, and I have the, the, the uh, Zytikix book. So this book plus those, it's a good deal. Nerdy Yoga says, yeah, but when the problem eventually takes care of... But when the problem eventually takes care of itself, the problem will leave behind an effing huge mess. Yeah, that's for other people to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not around, I left my mark by making them clean up my mess. Yeah. I mean, that that's what janitors are paid for. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'll, I'll ask this one and then we'll call it a day here. Uh, the coalition has some competition in Europe, right? I don't think the coalition spreads to Europe other than maybe no. some negotiations. Uh, I think MindWorks is in or around Germany or Poland, and they have advanced crazy technology and advanced cybernetics. And uh, the the problem with the human brain is that in in riffs after about ninety years, no matter no matter what, the human brain will deteriorate, start deteriorating very quickly. In the golden age of humanity. They had the, the, the genetic technique to increase your lifespan up to 200 years, including keeping your brain rejuvenating or deteriorating at a much slower rate. So you can, you know, live that entire time and not at the end be a drooling idiot. Right. But in, in the MindWorks facility in Europe, they have a cybernetic implant that does the same thing, except it's perpetual. You put this in your, you put this implant in your brain, your brain never deteriorates ever. So if you put, if you put this in someone's brain and put them in a Borg body, they'll live functionally forever. They will never deteriorate and die. Just got to replace parts. That's it. 
So yeah, run run for your money in some aspects, yes. So Full Metal Dragon here says keeps bringing up Heroes from Humanity, but doesn't share with us. He he did the book. I did, I did. Yeah, you know, look at the look at the uh, at the playlist. Here, it, Heroes for Humanity is uh is in there. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to break up that playlist at some point because it's like seventy some videos and I I get it. But yeah, he did cover Heroes of Ham- Humanity earlier this year. I did. All right, there we go. I was uh, hope you guys like that. Like, subscribe, share. If you like adventure ideas, hey, leave us a super thanks. Check that out. Let Heathen Dog know how much that uh, you love his, his uh, riffs work here because he no longer gets paid because people stop paying us on the methodology that he has to get. Uh, so uh Dog hasn't been paid since, like, I don't know, 2019. Something like that. But uh, no, uh, check that. Give us a like, subscribe, share. Uh, put in, put, do put in the comments, though, if there's a riffs a book that you would like to see or if there's something else you'd like us to cover. All right. right. Let's see if we can fly through these comments. Yeah, if you can share all this stuff, I want to fly through these comments so we can get done today. (laughs) Okay, let's invite. Oh, yeah, I got to do the rumble side. Right, for segment three, as always, we're doing our call-in and looking at YouTube comments. Here are the rules for calling in. Check your audio surroundings. One question or comment related to segment one or two, we'll respond. We'll give you a chance for one follow-up and then hang up. This isn't a, a long conversation. This is a radio show-style call-in. And watch the language. All right, let me get that up and get share my screen. Channel comments. Yep. And let's see what we've got here. Those are from shorts. Those are from shorts. It's from Friday Night Chill Stream. All right. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to respond to this, but I figured I'd let you respond to this. Okay. Talking about Earth Dawn. I thought it was a ridiculous game then. I think it's a ridiculous game now. Okay. I mean... I don't know what to say. I mean, you didn't give any any logical points or Bam. <laughs> or or your or your opinion on specific parts of it or even general parts of it. So I can't really comment. I can just say that that's great. I mean, if you don't like it, don't play it. That's awesome. I got no problem with it. When uh yeah, if you if you're gonna like timestamp something or give us something we can actually respond to instead yeah. of some drive-by thing. If you're going to call us liars and deceivers, tell me what I actually tell lied us, yeah. and deceived what about. What we lied about, right? Maybe, maybe we legit made a mistake. That's, I, I, I want to be able to retract that. So that's awesome. But this, this general stuff is not helpful. I don't know. I mean, you helped our, our algorithm, I guess. Yeah, for that. I'll give you a comment. But, you know, now here comes, you here comes the fun. There were a lot of comments on a video I made earlier this week. So yeah, uh, I, I, I could imagine that. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I saw this one also and wanted to. We'll we'll do this one, then we'll bring in Nerdy Ogre. Um, Okay. So I watched the video to try to figure out if it was me or you that said this because I don't remember videos from that long ago and there's no timestamp on there. He says, uh, You can't rectify in your head that the good guys look like monsters. That's a you problem. Makes perfect sense to me with with the established lore. It was you that said it. Okay. Uh, About what? Uh, you said that uh, the Nightbane that you had oh, a right. trouble rectifying the fact that you're play- basically playing a monster, even though you're supposed to be a yeah. good guy, and you, you had a little trouble with that. Yes, yeah. I mean, I it's it's a it's a good you know putting the trope on its head type thing. I get it, but you know how do you how do you feel like like a like a good guy 
when everyone that sees you, including your family, says, oh, God, kill it with fire. You know, like, I had a horror factor of 22. Yeah, 22, dude. Even even the even your best friend or your wife who's completely devoted to you will look at you and shit themselves. That's how scary. That's how scary he was. I mean, a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of powerful people have an order on them that says flee on sight. You see this person, you run because he's too powerful. Max has a shit on sight. You see this person, you just shit yourself. I mean, I get that it fits the lore. I absolutely yeah, that I part get it of it. Too. I don't think that I was a problem with either of us. Yeah, getting it, you know, getting it into my head that I'm actually a good guy. Yeah, looking at the you know? Cenobite and saying, "Hey, bud." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got my back. No, dude. No, he doesn't. I mean, he looks like he doesn't have your back. <laughs> well, he might have it, but not the way you want. Go ahead, bring not the way you want. He'll, he'll have it for himself. Yeah. Oh, no, we got to bring in Nerdy Ogre. That's right. Yeah. Nerdy Ogre. Howdy, howdy. What's going on? Camera not on? What's going on? Um, yeah, no, the, um, yeah, the, you said that the, uh, Side Stalkers, something about the, uh, I can't remember exactly now, the, uh, Side Stalkers <laughs> not working with the, uh, Coalition or the Dog Boys? Is that? No, I didn't say not working the, at all. The coalition. No. Oh, no. what did you say? No, no, no. So, somebody somebody posted a some, comment that, that said yeah, compare somebody, the Psy Stalkers versus the Dog Boys. Yeah, yeah. Some Someone in chat was was comparing Psy Stalkers to Dog Boys, you know, like pros and cons and like and, and saying that a a group, a, a group of Dog Boys with Psy Stalker support would be unbeatable in the tracking and detection area. And I, I agreed. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, unbeatable. Yeah. Okay. I, I completely agree. Misunderstood. Yeah. I mean, I, I called Psy Stalkers you know, uh, emo vampire wannabes. Oh yeah. Yeah. But because uh, the coalition, they, they, uh, have size stalkers to run the dog, yes. uh, dog packs. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, Absolutely. the, the dog boys weren't, uh, the dog boys weren't actually the brainchild of, of, uh, the emperor prostate. Um, Hey, Hey, God emperor Prosec. Stop it. Yeah. That's what I said. Emperor <laughs> prostate. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they were, it was all uh, pre-riffs tech along with yeah. the uh, uh, crazy and the, and the uh, right. juicers. But yep. then, and, you know, some, the, some the only tree-hugging yeah. liberal clutched their pearls and, won't somebody think of the children? So that all got air quote shut down. It just yeah. went over yeah. to some country where right. we had diplomatic relations, but no um, 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 extradition treaties. Yeah, like Cuba or whatever. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, all, so the, all the of main, that was 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 still here. It was not lost technology from the from from before the cataclysm. The dog boy was, and it, yeah. it was rediscovered when they when they discovered the Lone Star military complex in sixty eight PA, which is thirty or forty years before the main book. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Well, well I, I guess that shot me out of the water because I totally missed the. Uh... That's well, okay. there, there was a lot of chat going on that I didn't put on the screen, but people were talking about how the size stalkers are limited because they can't do MDC or something. Uh, and I, it wasn't that I, I didn't care about the debate, but that was something that was going on between chat. And I, you know, I didn't think it was, I'm not gonna put every single comment up here, but right. there's a lot of good discussion in the chat that, uh, that members can check later. Yep. So, all right, Nerdy Ogre. Thank you very much. Thank you. No problem. Talk to y'all later. So this one, this person says, now we're talking about uh, New West. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Ugh, Hold on. Gross. Uh, 
So he says he sees the saddle tramp as a vagabond and the, and the deputy is the CS a grunt. I mean, if you want to rationalize it, I get it. I, I mean, still yeah. see tropes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, a clown is a human being in a suit, but he's still a freaking clown, right? I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So if you take you. off the, the, if you take off the makeup and the clown shoes, he can be a normal person, but he decided to be dumb. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of these. Oh, oh, there you go. Uh, I'm sure this was said in the last video and just missed it, but what edition of Earth Dawn are you guys focusing on? Oh, didn't I respond oh, to that? I, I, oh, I responded to that, yeah. Okay, all right, you responded to that. And yeah, and for everyone here, first edition, 90% of what I was talking about was from first edition. Some of it was from second, but since I, since I was dealing with high-level concepts, it should transfer to most editions. Yeah. Uh, we need more Earthon videos. I said, well, we'll see. Can Max's liver survive them? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, again, that's up to Heathen Dog if he wants to cover more Earthon. I actually have chat in Discord saying you're going to do more, more Earthon next year. That, that was potentially, I, I wasn't saying for sure I was going to do it, but, uh, okay. I was looking at that as a, as a concept for next year, but I think, uh, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, like I said, I have issues with, earth done right now and it's it's a it's one of those things that's very much a broken heart you know i lost my first girlfriend sort of situation yeah. you know do i really want to reopen that wound um uh, oops uh i thought this was an interesting one even though yeah i know it's not a normal video but why are the mechanoids called destroyers in the titan book I don't, I don't know what that's about i don't even know what this is conceptually the mp10 and uh, some grenade launcher do one third less damage uh smaller effects range never seen a rata for the at or the at88 rifle grenade launcher there's a lot of questions i don't know anything about because there's a lot uh you, you could be talking about rifter stuff with the rata and stuff like that but uh i can answer right now the mechanoids called destroyers in the main book the the reason they're called destroyers is because mechanoids hate all humanoid life hate hate i cannot stress that enough you don't even have to be human if you have two arms two legs a head you're a humanoid you you get killed on site or at best taken back for experimentation and slow euthanasia that's why they're called destroyers because they destroy all humanoid life and humanoid civilizations they burn it to the ground and literally salt the earth well not literally salt but make sure no other humanoid race can grow there again and then move on to a humanoid race. They're a force of nature. They will bring millions upon millions of, of, uh, of, uh, drones to kill you dead. And they won't care how many they lose. As long as you die, preferably choking in your own blood. For, for those who want to know, I'm scrolling so darn much there. I'm going to leave that sitting at that uh, spot for a moment. Um, whenever you click on something it changes stuff okay uh normally i get you know we'll get we'll get three to five comments you know maybe some more on something that's more interesting i got 134 comments on that video that's why i'm scrolling so dang much um so let's see uh okay so we answered that one do 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 apparently people found and i only had one negative i had one that was kind of like yeah i thought you guys were better than this sort of stuff but i am he's not What's that? I, I'm better than that. You're not. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> oh, here we go. Finally. Earthdawn is a game? I thought it was just some weird word Max ended all sentence with, like, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
uh, very interesting content, uh, concepts. I use the multiverse concept in my game, which is something you absolutely can do. Nethermancers are very versed at that. You can, you can but, but according to the book, the universe includes astral space and all of the nether realms. They're just different dimensions in the yeah. same reality, in the same universe, according to the book. But you, you, you may not want to define it like that. It still works. Mechanically, it'll work however you define it. I don't remember which one it was, if it's Magic Emanuel, Mystic Secrets, or Arcane Mysteries of Barse, but one of them actually starts talking about some of the realms out there. Like, if I remember correctly, one is like a Colosseum or a maze or some crap like that. It's been many years since I've read them, but, yeah. but it does actually talk about some of the different uh, nether realms that are out there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The astral plane is space between universes. There are ways to portal from one universe to another called the Nethermancer. Yep. Uh, you have to travel through the astral plane. Okay, so very Dungeons and Dragons oriented there. Uh, actually, I think Earth on is like that as well. But uh, well, you you uh, I I think well in in Shadowrun when you want to traverse to to Nether realms, you have to use your astral body. You have to leave your body and travel via the astral plane through astral form. And then when you when you I don't know if you can pop into other to other realms, other physical realities. I don't you know. You can in Earth on. I just don't remember all the ins and outs of it. It's been way too many years. Well, the, the magic in Shadowrun is lower than yeah. Earth on, so maybe maybe you can, maybe you can. I forget. He says there are astral storms that cause ruptures between similar universes and areas between the connected universes swap and area of land and life. What? Connected universes swap? Oh, that, that's another D&D thing. Okay. Uh where where uh if you you can take the elemental plane of Earth and the prime material plane and open up a portal and they'll swap locales, like a, a little bit of the prime a little bit of the prime material plane will end up in the plane of fire. A little bit of the plane of fire will end up in the prime material plane, and then havoc ensues. Okay, a great way to explain how a planet has so many different sentient life. Uh, the astral plane has a different flow of time and right magic. You can travel the astral plane, interact with life of the astral plane. Okay, I mean that's yeah, that, that, that's great. You want to put that flavor. I mean, if if you don't like what Earthon actually does with astral space, which I didn't, I didn't get into specifically because that's another book. It's not in the main book. That's in that's in the the mysteries, magic and mysteries of Barsafe, uh, where it describes astral space in much more detail, the nuance. If you don't like that, and you want to use that for your own. That's great. You yeah, know, I think that Earthon generally describes the astral astral space and so forth kind of like the manual of planes actually not even the same details of manual planes but uh which is very vague intentionally so that you can do what you want with it yeah uh, do, 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 do. oh now we're oh looks like we're done that was it yep that was that's all the old stuff so boom okay well we put the link oh, out wait, there we go. rex Steele says uh, what happens to your body when you leave it in shadow run slash earth on and go remember. to another plane your body can exist for as long as a body can exist in a coma. You can be gone that long. Now, if you're at home in your bed and there's no IV fluids, no one to take care of your body, you have a certain amount of time before you got to come back or your body's going to expire just from lack of food, water, water mostly. But if you have somebody taking care of your body, you can be gone for a long time, a long time. And I believe the higher your magic attribute, in in Shadowrun, the longer you can last, but uh, I'm not sure about Earthon. Like I said, uh, we we never went anywhere like that. Astral space was, you know, dark you and did full one, of horror. You did one time, but I don't think you realized you did. Okay, that uh, was when you guys astral tried to travel underneath Death Sea. Okay, yeah, astral space is dark and full of horrors, and I don't I don't feel like it. So. <laughs> it's true. <Yep. laughs> 
All right, so that is it for today. Well, thank everybody for being here. Uh, I hope you guys like uh, like the con uh, the content, especially when it comes to Coriolis. Like I said, Coriolis has been had a lot more people excited about that than I thought. I mean, people were not excited at all about the mutant series. Sorry about that. I kind of thought people weren't going to be excited for Coriolis thing, but I wanted to do it because it's a game that I like and I want to get out there. But uh, no, I had a, more than a few people say, hey, I'm looking forward to the Coriolis stuff because I'm either getting into it or I'm going to get it or I, I have it and I don't know anything about it. So looking forward to the videos. So, And uh, I don't know what Heathen Thog's doing next week, but we'll figure that out. My guess is something more <laughs> palladium oriented. Well, no, I mean, uh, we, I got, I got some ideas. I mean, the, there, there, there was one we talked about yesterday that was, that was Palladium or I believe it was, uh, beyond the supernatural or, oh, or, no. uh, or Palladium fantasy, Palladium fantasy source yeah. books. Yeah. And the other one was, uh, was a more in-depth, um, how to for certain aspects of either Palladium or, uh, Earthdawn or mage or vampire or whatever something to really really deep and get in the nitty-gritty into now now so just so ever since we're on the live stream portion of it this won't go on the on the video side of it sure. um you can save some of that for next year because next year is going to be focused on how to's that oh. doesn't that doesn't mean that i'm not doing any deep dives that doesn't mean because i still want to look at the tristat system for folks sure uh i still earth on may absolutely be something that comes up but then again you might do a good job of it you know this year but again i don't care if it's mage or earth dawn or, or whatever you can cover what you think is interesting in terms of overview fundamental how-to but next year really focusing on the how-to's and those can be a pain in the ass it, you could do call of cthulhu you know that uh i mean you've yeah. got a you've got a let's play out there of uh call yeah. of cthulhu yeah i do a four hour a four hour uh let's play that uh we i took five or six people through a a, a legitimate convention adventure it was actually round one of the of the Cthulhu Masters tournament. In when did we go? 2011. We win a few times, but uh, you keep getting third place. So, yeah, yeah, I got third place then too. But he wants, uh, third he place, wants I the won. Brain. <laughs> yeah, I, it, th this time I won the ability to run this adventure. You know, I, I got the adventure. It was signed by, uh, it was it was signed by the author, and I have written permission to run it. So I did. And it was interesting. It was actually interesting, even for me. I'm not normally into the investigative modern style games. Call of Cthulhu is an interesting concept to me, but it's not not my thing to play. But I actually enjoyed the Let's Play, which is surprising because I hate all Let's Plays. So there we go. Uh, I'm not what's that? I tried to keep it moving. Well, I mean, it, it was, to be fair, it was railroady, but it's meant to be. It's a convention. Yeah, it's a convention game, so you got to keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, uh, I'll let you focus on words of wisdom after I say thank you to everybody. I really do appreciate everybody being here. Chat was great. Glad you enjoyed this. Looking forward to doing Coriolis next week with talents and skills and uh, whatever. Oops, that, oh, there we go. That is on the screen. And uh, Friday night, who knows what we're doing Friday night yet, but I'm sure it'll be fun. Just remember, members only stream Friday. So if you're not sure if your membership is going to be around by then, uh, I usually keep it public until right before the stream. So that reminds people it's not because I'm actually, I forgot you're going to sneak in and get access to it. No, no, you'll have to be a member. But, uh, <laughs> with that said, as far as eight o'clock, if there's a, that's at six, if at eight o'clock for the, the rando stream, if there's a good topic to talk about, we'll bring in the panel and we'll talk about something. And now it's tea. All right. I want to thank everyone for stopping by and listening to us rant and rave and stuff like that. And if you have a problem, 
with me referring to Emperor Prosek as the God King. Well, I, I would suggest you write it down in a piece of paper, fold it three times, and file it in the circular file. Because no one cares, because he's a God King Emperor of the world. <laughs> and I would like to talk to Crafty. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, we, we, I, I did have amazing players. You were included. And uh, I hope everyone in Southern California, including Crafty and uh, from the beginning, who was it? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I'm sorry. I forgot your name. And there's been too much chat. I can't go all the way back. <laughs> but I uh, hope everyone in Southern California stays safe. Remember, um, if you want to know how to, how to protect yourself from flooding, and it's never happened before because a hurricane hasn't happened for almost 100 years, uh, YouTube someone from Florida or the Gulf Coast in general and uh, do what they do and you'll be okay. <laughs>